0: As surfers, we have a natural love for the ocean, being in the water and chasing thrills. Surfing and surf culture is at the core of Loose. We are a brand made for all-day thrill seekers, experience makers, and good time chasers. Inspired by the elements of surf that excite us the most, we create products begging for adventure, both into the water and out of the water. There's no stamp of approval needed to vibe with our tribe, so drop your inhibitions and get loose because fun feels better loose towels since 1991 caballero pools and spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family they specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price they will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at at earthpack.com. Colbyplus.com is a new brand from a very experienced crew in the wetsuit and surf industry, an independently owned and family run business. All of their products are made with the best in the world materials and they only sell direct. So you're getting a top of the line product for much less. Their wetsuit line Colby Plus Yamamoto uses Yamamoto number 39 and number 40 neoprene propriety jersey and what we believe is the best and most functional design and construction available. Their line of waterproof bags Colby Plus T-Zip feature completely water and airtight German made T-Zip zippers. They have a tight line of traction and leashes and will have board shorts on the way in the spring featuring Swiss engineered Scholler fabric. They are currently shipping orders to the US, Canada and Australia. For you Aussies and Canadians, unfortunately, the shipping isn't free. ColbyPlus.com Finless Skateboard Company To honor our predecessors of Surf Shapers, we wanted to make sure that our skateboards were completely handmade, made of solid wood, and that the designs, the line work, and aesthetics of our boards are unique to each deck we create. No heat transfers, no stickers, except for our logo. The whole board is made of carefully assembled different species of wood, with cores of hard maple and top and bottom sheets carefully assembled with various types of wood species to give our boards the look of a classic 1950s surfboard. Handcrafted is human, handcrafted is thoughtful, handcrafted is quality, handcrafted is community. Finless Skateboard Company. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome
1: to the Late Night with Chalky Podcast.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Bring it. Our guest this week is a surfer and surf shop owner of one of the greatest and iconic board builders of our time, R.I.P. Rich Harbor, which remains the home of the world's oldest surfboard manufacturing shop at the same continuous space since 1959. Correct. From being a team rider to getting his retail experience alongside. Aaron Pyatt, HSS, in the early days. Alumni. He, he helped Harvard transition from a surf, uh, surfboard manufacturing facility into a thriving retail destination. We welcome the man responsible for this pinnacle shop in the Seal Beach community and continue on the legacy and history of Harvard Surfboard's Mr. Robert Burt Housen. Wow. <laughs> wow. Leg- what, what an intro, thanks. How how we've been hitting you up for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. And Street. thank you for your time. We Finally. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> this is epic. And when I found out you're an H- HSS alumni, holy smokes. You just found out? Yeah, I didn't know. Dude, that's a big deal. That's epic. Well, yeah. we're going to get to that's that. That's pretty, you know, I'm a Grom compared yeah. to you guys. You know, you know whoa, no, whoa, I'm just whoa, kidding. Whoa. Um, but I, I think I started writing for them in 1989, 80. Maybe Yeah Something like that Did they move to Main Street already? No It was okay. like the, Still, it was still like 50 to Yeah About a year or two before maybe Yeah Well The show's not about you No but I'm just Timelines movie, right? Like obviously it's He was there gotta, in the early, it's early it's always gotta days. Bring Hades, up his story 80s were good 80s were good were Really good <laughs>
3: yeah. Alright Let's start Bert Hit it where, where did it You're a NorCal guy right? Yeah Okay let's hear it Yeah Well <laughs> uh, I grew up in Northern California Pretty much um, on the peninsula and so, what we would end up surfing is Half Moon Bay, San Francisco, and Santa Cruz. Damn. So, I got my ass kicked at an early age. So, um, how did really you get fun. into it? Um, my mom and dad pushed me into a wave in Waikiki on a foam surfboard, Styrofoam from Woolworths, and I broke it in half. <laughs> and my dad was really saddened that my experience was poor. So, they took me to Surfline Hawaii, and this guy behind the counter was Ben Ipa. No way. And Benaipa sold me a used surfboard. How Ape. old were you? I was young. Maybe 10-ish or so. And So, so we first the first waves were Waikiki. Waikiki. On a Woolworth On a Woolworth styrofoam, styrofoam board. You pulled it out a piece of plastic and I stood on it and it broke in half. <laughs> so and wait. Was it. Woolworth
0: is a old ass yeah. department style store, Yeah. Full five and dime
3: right yeah. there in Kalakaua Boulevard when it used to go two directions. Yeah. Instead of one. But they sold, was it a surfboard?
1: It was. They called it a surfboard styrofoam thing. right? <laughs> I think I remember, did it have somewhat of a concave on the, on the bottom or was it just a straight it, plank?
3: It had some concave. It yeah. had some shape to it. And as a young kid, I didn't know any better. So it floated and I saw other kids on them. Yeah. So my parents bought it for me and I wrecked it. Did, did you buy it in Hawaii or yeah. buy it? it's okay. right there in Hawaii. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How a, funny. A big deal. And what were you like eight or nine or somewhere in that neighborhood? Okay. I can't remember. Exactly. And have you seen surfing already? Oh yeah, I used to watch it quite a lot, and, and you know, I was fascinated by it. Um, but I really didn't know anybody who surfed, and yeah. the only time I saw surfing was in Hawaii, because when we were up in Northern California, we really didn't get to the coast much, other than to pick pumpkins. Pick, so, pick pumpkins. Pumpkins. Yeah, well, Half Wolf? Moon Bay is known for pumpkins. No way. Yeah, it's awesome. So how far off the coast were you? We were about 20 miles off the coast. So okay. you just have to go over the uh, the hill, essentially. We were on the bay side, kind of near the airport, and you had to just go over the hill, and you would be in Half Moon Bay. Okay. And so... Was there any beginner-type waves up there? Yeah, there was a beginner wave kind of um, right there in Half Moon Bay. Like Low yeah.
1: Reform what, or Shore Break? Or? Yeah,
3: it was really poor. Yeah. Um, my dad realized I had an interest, and so he, probably closer to 11 or so, started taking me to Cowles Beach in, in Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it was a lot of failure, but I do remember my first really good wave. So you you remember surfing in Hawaii,
0: and you're in board shorts and, or you yeah. know, trunks or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and then coming over back over here wanting to get into it, you're right. like, uh... yeah but
3: but i was so gung-ho as a kid it didn't make any difference so did you go to water without a suit no we went and got a suit from o'neill's in santa cruz and it was called an otter spring was thick as can be and it had a side zip long sleeves, and short legs
1: those were popular long sleeve
3: spring long sleeve spring but it was like a quarter inch thick and they went by a quarter inch uh designation i started actually out in a dive suit my dad got me and that was horrible But at the end of the day, I was enthusiastic and he wanted me to have a good time. Yeah. So he would take me down there and I'd fail and eventually stopped failing.
0: What board? Did you buy a board from IPA in Hawaii?
3: Yeah, it was a used one, a single fin, diamond tail, probably about 5'10 and maybe I was 5'5. And I didn't know any better. And so the net result was
1: I just had to try. Yeah. And that was a board you took home, and that, that was your learning board? That was my learning
3: board. And, you know, I should have been on something bigger. Yeah. But I didn't know any better, and my dad didn't know any better. He really wasn't a surfer. Yeah. But he wanted to kind of stoke my enthusiasm of doing so something.
0: you didn't know it was Ben Ipa, though? No.
3: I yeah. didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah. I didn't know much about much. Yeah. And I kind of learned afterwards who was who and what was what. And yeah. After I, I start remember start looking, that guy. Yeah, yeah after you started looking at the <laughs> yeah. magazines, you're like, "Wait a second. Yeah, that's that like guy. <laughs> and it's like, it was great.
1: I mean, what it, he was—I mean, not just an incredible shaper, but like you know, Hawaii royalty. But then, yeah, you know, he his his like uh, coaching and what he yeah. did for the the community and the kids yeah. and stuff. And, and, and
3: you know, I mean, again, I didn't know him.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so this was just all
3: kind of kind of thing. And I think the board. I'm getting might gets us mixed up. Was made by Barry Kanayapumi, mm. but again, it was just a used board. Meeting, yeah, right. And yeah, so it was just really wasn't like I understood all this. Do
0: time. you remember how he was with you? Was he cool? Was he like no?
3: Because I was intimidated. I mean, quite simply, just a little kid being dragged around and and uh,
1: parents did all the negotiating. Yeah, the parents fucking... did all the thing, and he's I mean, a it was big probably, man.
3: It, it, it all happened probably really quick, and I was just happy to get out the door. And, yeah. And, have a board, uh, have a board, uh, and uh, away we went.
1: Nice. Yeah. I mean, what a great experience! Like to like get introduced to surfing at Waikiki. Yeah. yeah, you know,
3: it it was interesting. And truth is, I was not successful in Hawaii. Yeah. And my success only came once I was in back home in a in a wetsuit and going to Cal's. How but,
1: was how was the vibe going to like Santa Cruz? Being you know from you know Half Moon. Um,
3: you know what it as a young kid there was no vibe no vibe at
1: Cowles yeah
3: now as I got better and I got older and I felt I was becoming a surfer yeah there was some tension especially (laughs) at especially at the lane yeah and there was a lot of places you had to earn your stripes and Half Moon Bay was even one of them when the waves were good and there were there were heavy locals I mean there were guys that just didn't want you there they were grizzled yeah in San Francisco same way but if you keep coming back and you kind of give that respect or whatever it is that they think, yeah, okay, the kid's not going away. Eventually you catch one or two waves and they go, eh, all right, well, can't get rid of them. Can't get rid of them. <laughs> <and, laughs> uh, you know, I, I can hop them all day long, but he's going to get his share. We, yeah. we,
1: we talk a lot on like, you know, if, the better you are a surfer, the less like, like the guards come down to yeah. like they the respect yeah. level goes up and, yeah. and there's a lot little less tension because when you know surf etiquette and right. you know, wet waves and you let them, ca- you know, like that kind of yeah. comes full circle with that experience. But yeah. you know, like, damn, that kid rips, okay. Like, as long as he doesn't burn me, he's cool. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> I wasn't ripping yet, I was, I was
3: enjoying it. Yeah. But, but- what, what was nice about up there is you learned, you learned how to surf in waves of consequence. Mm. And there was not like easy stuff that, you know, Bolsa Chica easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we would go out and we'd had no surf line. We had no way of knowing other than a weather radio. We go up on the coast, and the Fuck, we'd, is big. Yeah, we go up there exactly, and we just shit ourselves. And it's just like, oh man. So did, so did you have a trip. little rat pack that you started surfing with? Or? Well, what was really cool is I had a neighbor down the street who was older that my parents trusted, and so when he had his license, and I was, he was, I was probably thirteen, he was sixteen or seventeen, and he'd take us over there, and he kind of was pretty good and and so he took us places and um, he's a good surfer though he was pretty good yeah um and he got better and you know i tried to catch up so i had a lot of older guys to kind of like oh man i gotta get get there yeah kind of thing so when you
0: came back from hawaii mm -hmm. and got that spring suit and Mm -hmm. started surfing Mm -hmm. did you progress did you start progressing pretty quickly or were you
3: i progressed i mean if you go just like any surf spot if you're going once a week or once every other week you're not going that quick yeah but as soon as I was able to get, get driven a the place, then I knew I was going twice a week. That was pretty cool. And yeah. when I got my own car, then it's two to three times a week. Then I started to make some progress. Yeah. And I didn't feel like a, a clown out there. I felt yeah. like well, a that And, and,
1: and there. getting proper boards too. Like as you... you know. Right.
3: And I outgrew that board pretty quick. Yeah. And, and somebody, um, a local shaper in uh, Half Moon Bay built me a six four rounded pintail and boy three fins? no three fins yet
1: no three fins no yet. three fins
3: yet i'm an old guy dude It's <laughs> like single fin yeah single fin okay, okay. with a no bull leash which was not even urethane yet oh. it was a cord that had rubber tubing mm-hmm. on the outside yeah and um deadly it was it, it was deadly but yeah. it started to progress pretty quick and then the, the single fins gave way to the twins, which were still good in the. In so the we're talking group. mid to early seventies. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So, so exactly. not a ton of surfers, but the ones that are our core, like.
3: Oh, they, yeah. they were as core as core could be, and really the respect thing was really cool because, if I came down from Half Moon Bay headed to Santa Cruz, if somebody uh, had surfboards on their car and they were coming up, they would legitimately give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down oh that's cool and that's the way we communicated because there's no freaking phones there was no nothing and if you knew the guy who was coming up you knew his car you knew what he had on it you'd get that legit and and if he waved you on you should spin around right there in Coast Highway and follow him because he knew something that you didn't so the older guys were pretty cool if you knew
1: them yeah if you knew them yeah. They let
0: down their guard after yeah, a couple of times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you'd at least want a few people in the water up in that area with, with you. Point well taken. I mean, a lot of people don't want to surf alone up there Hell for no. all, all the good reasons. I mean, we would... Even the odds a little bit help yeah. out. Yeah.
3: We would run across um, Park on the Coast Highway every once in a while, and we'd run across Brussels sprout fields, and the farmers wouldn't like us doing that. And then we'd climb down a small cliff, and there would be these waves at a beach break somewhere between, say, Half Moon Bay and Santa Cruz. And dude, it was spooky out there. Yeah. You're looking at the back at the beach and you can't tell what year it is because there's just flora and fauna and cliffs and stuff. You don't know if it's a hundred years ago or what it is. Yeah. And if you have a problem, nobody's gonna get you. Yeah. Yeah. There's not it there's not like quit, call us call the guards. Yeah. It's not happening.
0: It's crazy to think back at how you guys lived mm-hmm. and surfed mm-hmm. and made do with what you didn't have, right? You know, because we're all so, you knew, but yeah, looking it's back, we're it's... so <laughs> fucking spoiled. Because yeah, nine seven six surf was oh, yeah. like in the late 80s, no nineties. Sean Collins, yeah, nineties. Yeah, but like that was a huge innovation, right? Massive, massive, and massive. Uh, to think back that you there probably wasn't even a surf report.
3: No, right? there wasn't. Like, there was there was a um, weather radio and a weather radio <laughs> is what a lot of the fishermen and you know boaters and things like that used and so you could call in to give the sea readings right and sean learned how to interpret the weather radio and make it a value for a surfer mm-hmm. not just a sailor or a voter of some sort so he was really the guy that kind of deciphered all that stuff and then put it to a useful format for people who surf. yeah
1: yeah Grown up in huntington we were spoiled because the lifeguard Tower. Number tower. Yeah, they would do a report at morning and at noon yeah. for the yeah. morning and afternoon. I still call it. Yeah, yeah, to get the weather really. or five three six nine three zero three.
0: Yeah, the temperature. Yeah, you know, because yeah. surf line, you never know if it's
1: right or not. Yeah, yeah. the barometric they- pressure reading is. I'm like, <laughs> what? What's the <laughs> a swell? Yeah,
0: yeah. And if you don't pay attention, you, the the guy says the the water temperature, and you're like, damn, yeah, we got to call back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or a whole lot to the very end.
3: In the old days, we just charged it. It, it didn't matter what the weather was. Yeah, we up just, there you
1: knew the water's 52 yeah, or 50. Yeah, we just had
3: to charge. We just made the decision once we got to Outland Bay whether we're going north of San Francisco or south towards Santa Cruz or Monterey.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty good, I guess, you know, setup to where, you know, you got an hour this way or an hour that way, and you got yeah. your you're sandwich between two really mm-hmm. good spots, you know, mm-hmm. meaning Ocean Beach and, you know, San Francisco yeah. surrounding areas and Santa Cruz, which has... The reefs and the points, yeah, it's like... Yeah.
0: And I, I've i driven back from San Francisco to Santa Cruz quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And that coastline is so beautiful. Yeah.
3: It, um, it's very special.
0: It's so, yeah. It's very special. And like you said, some of those places, civilization hasn't touched. Yeah. I mean, if you're <laughs> yeah. at the beach,
3: yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, like, like it's just... Yeah. Rocks. Cliffs, oh, yeah.
0: rocks, and ocean. Yep. But it's so beautiful. Yeah. But um, it's also so like. You're, you think about it, and you're a surfer, and you've heard all the Hell yeah,
3: fucked up shark stories. Yeah. You're like, I don't know
0: about that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah I mean, I, I you know, granted, I've never actually seen one there, but I've certainly been in positions where people are getting out of the water for whatever reasons and you know you don't want to be the last guy out of the water you're all yeah. stuck getting really shitty yeah yeah, yeah. dawn yeah. or dusk you know yeah. it's like which yeah.
1: i mean dawn you know that's when surfers like to score you know yeah, yeah. But, but that's a sketchy hour true so
0: so uh your second board was that one shaper yeah from from
3: uh half moon bay single fin single fin it was awesome yeah i mean it i, I really progressed when i got that board and is that
0: uh your neighbor was taking you every
3: as much as we could. Yeah. I mean, like I was kind of that kid that that would skateboard over to his house and bang on his door, bang on his window or whatever, and say, "Come on, come on." He's uh I go, "Come on, we're out of here." And and you know, I'd have my five bucks for gas and a burrito, and and, and come on, let's go. So, five bucks, dude. It went a long I, way. Five
1: That's bucks a was lot. Huge. That's a lot of cash back then. Yeah, but you know, you're driving. Yeah. Calf, I mean. I mean, that was food
3: for the day. Yeah. And gas to give to the, to him. Yeah. And I mean, he had a gosh, it was a Pontiac GTO that sucked down gas like freaking crazy, dude. And the way he drove too was was gnarly. And yeah, then, like he'd we'd really want to get there. Yeah.
1: And and so, that's the price worth paying, right there. Like, totally. You know. Yeah. Like, what
3: what suit did you have, O'Neill? Yeah, I pretty much had almost always an O'Neill suit, and they were just really the the standard that. And, you know, the family was there, the whole thing was there, and yeah. and it was really good. Um, but uh, they, they had a suit called, I think it was a front zip, but like, no, it was a back zip. I think it was called an animal or something like that. And it was like one of the best early suits that I had, and that was...
1: The, the, the zip from shoulder to shoulder yeah, in shoulder the back? shoulder to shoulder. And you took
3: the neck and you rolled it in mm-hmm. like that. And so the pieces would roll like This and that you didn't never got rashed, hmm. which is pretty cool. But the problem is, if when you Flush. ducked over, you flushed like crazy, yeah. And it had to be a little looser here to cover the zipper that was in the back. But for the most part, it was better than everything else. We didn't know what we have today, yeah. Like, so that was plenty good. I had that in my hood and, and booties, and I could go,
1: yeah. It's, it's crazy how tough you are too when you're younger with the cold, oh, you know, sure. like yeah, you sure. kind of and being exposed to it and doing it a lot, like if you. You know, don't go in the water like you said. You yeah. know, once a week. You know, it's like oh, but if you're you're going consistently, that that just the yeah. mindset. It doesn't it doesn't feel as bad. Yeah. yeah. So who were Who were you seeing that
0: you were looking up to up up there?
3: Um, you know, I was a big magazine guy. I mean, like I get Surfer Magazine right. So yeah. Sean Thompson and Reno Abalera were mm. like really big influences. Yeah. Before and they were before Mark Richards and all that stuff. So one time O'Neill had this promotion and Sean Thompson and Reno, I think were gonna be at Santa Cruz and they are gonna surf natural bridges. And I went to that and it was actually a reasonable day. And they were heads and tails about better, better than just about everybody else that was yeah. out there. They, those two seemed like they were doing promotional tours a lot they back were. then. Yeah, and that was amazing. And, and other things that drove it, um, were surf movies at theaters, you know, with people smoking pot, drinking beer, and throwing bottles, and it was awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. we missed we miss those. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, Five Summer Stories was was one that was huge influence on on us, yeah, our crew, if you will. And so that was like, wow, this is what I want to do. This is too cool. Yeah. <laughs> what was the surf shop you would go to? Um, Freeline Line Design in Santa Cruz was pretty popular. Peter Mel's dad's place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the glass jobs back then were so beautiful. I mean, people, surfboards as art, like today performance surfboards are super well shaped, super well glassed, but they're not art pieces. Hmm. Like Mel and people like him, they were really keen on this super nice pinstriping and just beautiful color and, and just uh, really nice. Yeah,
1: pretty. yeah. As we're at uh, Jeff Lausch, search prescriptions you, we got a couple of boards and, and I, I really love their artistic like colors and Art designs they do yeah, yeah. so that's it's right. like a modern board but like they do make them special with yeah with color he's a
0: master shaper and artist yeah yeah well, But that's a uh,
1: fun, good place to be but yeah but that's a big part of like our culture and in, in, in growing up is you know having color designs logos like you know just mm-hmm. made you feel like a part of something and we yeah, talk yeah. about like early sponsorships but just that board yeah. oh where to put the sticker and yeah. you know what, what color and how to design yeah. it i had flames on that same <laughs> and i had to live up to those flames yeah and so
3: at first i thought it was cool then i was in the water and people were looking at me and it's like okay are you really all that and yeah i wasn't yet You <laughs> <laughs> don't draw te- attention to you but yeah, yeah like so my next board was quite quite a bit more mellow you're like, I thought it was a good idea when I was ordering it. <laughs> yeah. But now that I'm writing it,
0: yeah, it's oh, like, oh, shit.
2: Man, yeah, you're the guy with the flames.
1: <laughs> Got you. Got it.
0: <laughs> so Sean Thompson, Reno Alviera. But yeah. was it like, um, I'm trying to think of the Santa Cruz. Richard there was a Schmitt? guy named
3: Kevin. I forgot what his last name was. Uh, Kevin. and, and Kevin um, Reed? Yeah, Kevin Reed. And there was a few guys that he hung with. I think that was his last name, Kevin Reed. And those guys owned Santa Cruz that is to say the lane and you know there's this west side east side or whatever there's all that weirdness going on but I mean they they were they were all that and and they made sure that you knew it yeah Um, because I'm thinking Vince Collier and Richard Schmidt. yeah 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 all all the right names yeah um as far as me looking up to them I admired their abilities no doubt I mean those guys and especially in the early twin fin days those guys were just ripping the roof off at the lane where in the old days in the lane you'd you, you take off and you, you need know, draw pretty lines on your single fin these guys are really you know turning in the hook progressive and just progressive aggressive to yeah. the ultimate degree um, back then the lane used to have this big rock spire that broke down in a the storm that had been there since the dawn of time And then people used to break their leashes and the boards would go into this cove and just destroy themselves i thought that was cool as can be yeah you know kind of adds a little bit of surfing had that edge but as those guys got good the leashes got better everything got better that sort of stuff just didn't happen at the same level that it did before
1: yeah when did like the urethane like leashes kind of hit the market oh man i don't want to be the guy who nails that no but like uh, early 80s before that, before that, yeah, late, probably the, in the late seventies, okay.
3: was was that. I mean, I don't. I just remember going to
1: surf shops and being able to buy them. Yeah, so, you know. yeah. Because I mean, I I remember you know the fin rope plugs you know came from yeah. the back of the fin yeah to the you know the fin yeah. rope kind of loop and then it you know the plugs you know. The started. Plug was a big deal. Yeah, the plug was a big deal. For sure, <sighs> Thank, Thank you. A
2: loop. Thank, Thank you. Yeah. All right, we'll I cash out later. Yeah, I've never seen that. You guys, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who cares? um,
0: it's funny, you reminded me of a conversation I had in, in this parking lot, Southside parking lot, with Tippy, you know, Brent, uh, Papa Tip, Papa Tip, and D ball was there, and somebody else, I forget, but we're talking about some of the things that progress surfing. Uh-huh and, and uh, oh, Steve Wheat. And, and yeah, the leash. leash was like one of them. A leash was massive. Cause big. you know, I think Tippy brought that up. He's like, yeah, he goes, leashes. I mean, you know, people were losing their boards and swimming and you couldn't really try to do stuff.
3: People were better swimmers back then.
0: Yeah. Much better swimmers. Better much,
3: much better watermen. <laughs> oh yeah. Just you look at those old photos of
1: swimmers. The, the surfers on the beach and they're all like oh, yeah, yeah, ripped. ripped. <laughs> Plus, they
3: carried fucking (laughs) hundred-pound boards. Yeah, back in the day, for sure. But uh, but yeah, yeah, the the
1: progression. Yeah, you don't want to fall, you know, and you're going to safety surf a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, you could try new maneuvers um, that you couldn't do because you knew you're going to fall if you didn't have a leash, and your board would be gone. So that's what I think. Those guys, Kevin and the rest of that crew, they were they were pretty cutting edge yeah i mean northern california generally some people consider it a little bit behind southern california and maybe that's true or not but those guys were as good as anybody in southern california yeah, california. yeah. They, they they got good waves better waves maybe for sure and they had good boards and yeah good
0: equipment. when i uh had given me a bunch of old magazines like Breaker Out and surfing mm-hmm. and all that and uh when you look back at those magazines mm-hmm. it's like you know where they're at Mm -hmm. and they're all at the same time period Mm -hmm. right but yeah I mean it's a trip because you know aerial surfing has been done for fucking a long time Mm -hmm. but never really you know I don't know what I'm trying to say but it was happening in the late 70s early 80s but in
1: Florida with like Keckley Keckley, it was happening in NorCal and it
0: was happening in SoCal yeah like that dude Richard Kendon, I think is the guy's name. He's also a Santa Cruz guy. Hey,
2: look at you. And Kevin Reed. That guy's an encyclopedia Dave,
0: Hey, Davey Miller, remember him? Yeah, yeah. he moved to Hawaii. He was Not high. Davey Miller, sorry. Davey Smith? There's a guy named Dave Smith, but there's also mm-hmm. Dave Miller. Yeah, yeah there's Dave so, Miller, he, but he, he wasn't you? the aerialist. I'm talking about Davey Smith, who was a goofy footer. I think he's from Santa Barbara too. Yeah. But he like, remember Runman69? That movie,
1: I do know that, but I don't. Yeah. I can't recall. He was of in it.
0: that doing aerials, and I'm like, holy shit! Like yeah. that was a long time ago, you know. So, anyways, Did but you, yeah, um, Santa Cruz. I mean, there's so much freaking progression. Yeah, it was, you know? it
3: was it was good. It was nice to be there during that time because you know wetsuits were good, and so there's nothing holding you back from surfing. Yeah. If you wanted to surf, you could surf. Yeah, and that's what's cool. And you guys.
0: You know, like Laura was saying, there's so many setups up there. So mm-hmm. many. Like point breaks, mm-hmm. reef breaks, mm-hmm. and beach breaks. And how gnarly was it? Like when you River started moves. understanding how easy it is to surf a point
3: break mm-hmm. and how fucking hard it is to surf a beach break? Yeah. Well, go to Santa Cruz.
1: Yeah. I'd go to go to Santa Cruz and then go to San Francisco and then you tell me Dude. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh you just you know, easy paddle out versus, how do I even make it out? This, yeah. donuts. Yeah, donuts and... Donuts and a
3: and long time in the water. And bailing your board. Race. So, were you, uh, did you charge? Oh, I wouldn't tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I, I got my share and every once in a while something great happened to me, you know. The, so, was, did you like big waves? I liked the lane when it was big. Okay. The lane was manageable. San Francisco I didn't like when it was big, I was Dude. just scared. Just straight out. Like everywhere, everywhere is like blacks there. Yeah, it's right? just straight out. It's scary. just powerful.
1: Powerful. Yeah. yeah. And crazy currents. And cold. And rips. Yeah. And cold. Yeah. yeah. So. And yeah. Yeah. And all the other. <laughs> stuff. All the other. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Beach, big closeout, or not closeout, just big beach breaks. It yeah. could be perfect no matter what. Like, yeah. it's still so. Well, it moves. It moves. It's so yeah. tough, right? Like, yeah. the power that, that San Francisco has. Mm-hmm. Ocean Beach, mm-hmm. it's
3: like, yeah, no, well, that'll rival just about any place you want to
1: go. Yeah, yeah. it's like I mean, I've like, never been it's to like Porto, cold I, Porto. Well, even that, like, We're Porto, in cold water. But Porto, right. Which is even worse. Porto's kind of a, it doesn't break that far out. Like even when it's freaking oh like it, it has it's kind of there's no inside outside. Yeah. It's kind of like a one shelf that's like Ocean Beach is like Ocean Beach is out. far but and yeah depending on the tide you have like the inside and then a deep gutter and then you have the outside and yeah. that it's that getting through that gutter yeah. to the outside is like the challenge yeah and it's big Yeah, yeah it's gnarly. so daunting yeah
3: i was happy to be back at the beach most of the time for sure yeah, you know. yeah.
1: and if you get yeah. out there and you're like
3: shit now i gotta catch one yeah, <laughs> now well, i gotta get in thing, right <laughs> i made it and then your friends everybody spreads out you know it's not like you're sitting next to people all of a sudden they caught one and now you're out there by yourself and you're trying to line up with things and stuff like that and keep your wits about you. Yeah. You know, and when you're young, you talk, I mean, when I was young, I just didn't know that much. I was just more or less pig headed. I got to try. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Now, did you ever get in competitive
3: surfing? I did in, in college. And, and um, you know, that wasn't a big scene in Northern California. It was um, not a scene at all in my mind in Northern yeah. California. Um, certainly, none of the high schools or, or really anybody paid any attention to that Who was surfing as far as I knew yeah because back then
0: where you lived you, you would be the only guys in the water for the most part right? yeah it there was like a lot of so times so
3: that, yeah you wouldn't have 20 people in the lineup I yeah. mean that's just unheard of and if there was you would go absolutely go someplace else <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> there's just no way I mean most of the time we're surfing with five or so people and um, most of them you knew yeah you know
1: what, so I was just gonna say, so what you know, you're you're surfing, your school, any any first job, like what do you you know? Oh uh, like, yeah,
3: my first job. Um I worked at a skateboard shop. Nice uh forty first Avenue skateboards, a guy named Mitch Hockey and, and he, he was gnarly. Uh, but uh it was a skateboard shop, yeah. A okay. skateboard shop. And it was on the peninsula and the urethane wheel just came out and the, blew up with the sealed skate. bearings and the whole thing. It. You know talk about the least changing something this changed everything so yeah. skateboarding was blown up so so for me it was like the dream job I'd how old were you 15 16 whatever and you know the skate parks were just coming into being we uh he had a plexiglass ramp um i would skate anything that i could and so you're a skateboarder too oh that was my thing all okay. right so skating and surfing kind of combined together but skateboarding was very attainable so days i wasn't surfing i would love to go skateboarding whether it be at we had a couple ditches up there that were amazing um, we had abandoned pools we had that plexiglass ramp um, it, it was awesome we did some downhilling we did just, just all this stuff that was happening skateboarding was blowing up in the 70s yeah, yeah. mid-70s in fact at Harbor Surfboards we used to build uh, skateboards there I think Rich was really good friends with Powell and they ended up doing some sort of uh, deal where Rich was making blanks and he bought a press and so forth because surfboard building slowed down quite a bit in the early 70s compared to the 60s you it, it Pretty much went dormant. And thank God for skateboarding to come buoy buoy up the business again. Really? Oh, yeah. It was a big deal.
1: Interesting. Big, big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's so like, you know, surfing and skateboarding, the parallels and the hand in hand and, you know, like in the timing. But like when you're a surfer like we are, that's all you think about. Yeah. The waves you caught, the waves you didn't catch, the waves you fell, the waves of good waves. Like okay. it's just the magazine. Like you're you're just constantly it's yeah. so it's an obsession. It's an obsession. It's and, a crazy obsession. And then you know, you get on a skateboard and, and you, I'm surfing. Yeah. Like well, that's the. Vibe. I thought it was Larry Bertelman, and I could do These big Bertleman
3: turns on <laughs> yeah. these these walls. That's what skateboarders
0: like call laybacks. It's yeah, Bertelman's. birds. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: and and it was awesome.
0: Uh, I love talking about. The industry and what it was like, Mm -hmm. because you know we've had different age groups Mm -hmm. and like we had, Nueva, we had Herbie, Mm -hmm. and you know when they talk about like their experiences and like you know a tidbit of the what the industry was like, Mm -hmm. and remember when um, I think it was I I can't remember who but they said it might have been. I forget who but somebody said yeah people started stop making longboards like for a long time longboards nobody made longboards anymore so it was all just shortboards or you know gun pintails like 70s style you know there was a time at Harbor
3: Surfboards that we couldn't sell longboards yeah because the trend wasn't back yet it was it was the cutting edge of surfing was no longer longboarding and so it was all these wonderful shortboards that Dave yeah. Rich was developing and they were, they were cool. I mean, the single fins and the swallow tailed single fins and geez. Yeah. I mean, but it, what's right cool there. about
0: interviewing people like you, because you've lived through so many different stages of our industry and surfing culture. Yeah. Right. It's a trip. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah, I think it was Nueva that said, you know, like he primarily grew up on a longboard and that's yeah. where he surfed, and then it got to that shortboard era, you know, the the twin, twin and fin. and the little fishes, and he, yeah, he, he didn't get back on a longboard until like the like early '80s or you know, almost a decade later, yeah. and, then he, and then that became popular again in in some respects. Yeah, you know? yeah
3: absolutely. I mean, there was a resurgence in longboarding, and mm. you know, one thing about that early shortboard generation once they figured out how to make a good shortboard it opened up all kinds of different places to surf because you couldn't take your longboard in a lot of conditions that we consider normal now hollow waves super bowly waves those didn't fit longboards very well yeah now surfing progressed so dramatically and other spots opened up that you wouldn't even consider if you were only on a
1: longboard especially as it's getting popular and more and more crowded you know you're like oh malibu i don't know like versus going to some other like Beach break or yeah. something that yeah,
3: so it opened up a whole thing.
0: It's like a history lesson too, mm-hmm. like learning from you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like what your experiences were, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a trip for us because when we interviewed uh, the Hobie guys mm-hmm. and the guy Chris Carlo mm-hmm. or uh, Chris John Carlo, he like works at Hobie, and he was telling us uh, how Hobie. Who told us, like, the South Bay mm-hmm. was really where the birth of the surfboard building industry started from, mm-hmm. the South Bay, you know? It's with, an arguable
3: point. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think there's a lot of super stoked guys that would just, wherever I could build a board, I'll build a board. Yeah. And, and Hobie, you know, he was known for Dana Point and that area, Laguna Beach and all that yeah. stuff. and so. But they would come down to,
0: sure. or up to the South Bay and get blanks and stuff from. Sure. Hap Jacobs and
3: more manufacturing
0: and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
1: there's definitely pockets everywhere, you know,
0: but. And we also talk about how weird, like Hollywood plays a a weird role, a vital role in, in like creating a rush. Yeah. You know, and back in the day when, you know, it was before your time, but longboarding became huge
3: because of one word, Gidget, Gidget. Yes and Gidget. beach blanket bingo but Gidget Beach Boy Gidget was really the antithesis of yeah. the whole damn thing it brought whomever from the midwest brought their mindset immediately to California California lifestyle I gotta go to California yeah cause you know Dealing with farms and stuff like that is not enough for me. Yeah. And well, so
1: they came. That beach life, the bikinis and the, oh, the nice. guys with the yeah. trunks and yeah. everybody's tan and ripped and beautiful and they're having a fun, you know, it's like, yeah. who doesn't want a piece of that?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, that and then um, later on, I don't know, what, what came first?
3: Was Endless Summer first? Or, yeah. Or... Um, um, well, Bruce Brown or and you, Bud Brown both developed, two different guys, both developed... A whole bunch of 60 millimeter movies, of which the most famous is the Endless Summer. Yeah. So they would show all these movies um, in auditoriums and at schools and things like that, and they narrated live. And each reel only lasted so long, so that, that's why intermission came because you had to change the freaking reel. Yeah. Okay. So that really <laughs> that that really fired people up. So most people didn't see actual movies of Hawaii of. of anything in south america mexico any of that stuff and so that brought it kind of live and in your face yeah so those were the big big things that drove the core audience right Mm -hmm. where gidget drove those other people mainstream the mainstream audience right and and you know i think with uh the turmoil in the world you know vietnam and all that stuff just shit hit the fan at the at the end of the the 60s and just before the shortboard development and all that stuff got pushed away because it was, I want to say hokey, but it just it wasn't vibing with the core person yeah. anymore. And so the shortboard thing, um, the shorter board thing, single fin and, and so forth. Um, and then the skateboard thing really redeveloped and reinvigorated mm. um, the core consumer, the yeah. core surfer so uh was skateboarding pretty big when when you were working at that shop skateboarding ball well, okay so skateboarding i was at that sur- that uh, skateboard shop in uh, northern california yeah and so they didn't do any surf there but everybody who surfs began skateboarding or if they weren't doing it already because it mimicked surfing so well especially the carving yeah you know we're not talking about kickflips and you know, rail rides yeah. and stuff, yeah. We're just talking about carving. Yeah. And so that feeling, that carvy feeling that we all like so much of a good bottom turn a good cutback, we wanted to replicate that any way we could. And so um, skateboarding was that. Yeah.
1: It was, yeah. Like we would comb, you know, you're on bikes or entire adolescence and you're cruising around and we'd find, hey, that curb, hey, that little corner, that little, yeah, like, yeah. you know, that, look, you, we... And then you, you start telling people, I know the spot. And you kept it on the oh, wraps because right. you didn't want it to get, like, tracked out and trashed. Yeah. and it, it was, like... That's very true. Pretty hilarious. like but plus
0: Plus, with the, the surfing thing, if, if you saw, like, a bank or a curb and it yeah. had sand on it...
1: Yeah, we bring a broom. you just get, No, you wouldn't... Oh, the
0: slide out. You would yeah, slide. Spots, you'd yeah. be like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. you do
1: your slash But the pebbles, like, we'd have, yeah, we'd have, like, we're bringing, you know push brooms and yeah, like we're going to make sure this is like dialed it's so great when we, when
3: we served abandoned houses with pools in them we had to drain all the crap that was in the pool and really keep it on the down low because you're in a neighborhood right so we had pools for certain times in certain places and maybe there's one or two of them in northern california that we're able to do but but after a while, too many kids knew about it. And, and then all of a sudden it got shut down. So yeah. they were only a value for maybe a month, if that. Yeah. And then, then the cops would come, the neighbors would go nuts and, and uh, you know, would not be good anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, did you ever own a moped?
3: Did I ever own a moped? Not up there. I mean, down here in college, I had a little scooter. <laughs> yeah, it was freaking cool. <laughs> love that thing.
1: Well, cheap, and I mean, yeah, yeah, a
3: great mode of transportation. I used to go to work at HSNS with that scooter. Really? So, yeah, from Twenty First Street. No, I'm not that cool. <laughs> the the uh, Honda. It was a Honda. Yeah, the. I mean, today I pedal the, was the, for the, sure, but the pedal starter or whatever. <laughs> I I had. I would go from Twenty First Street and Palm just to Fifteenth
1: Street. <laughs> My like flipping a scooter. Yeah. So. um were you a, studi- a studious student? Were you good in school? No, or you... that, that was kind of the deal. Okay,
3: so in my high school, I went to an all-boys Catholic high school. It's called Sarah Catholic High School. And I don't think it was much of my choice. Yeah, It's just, you know, my parents, parents yeah. course, sort of see that maybe the pathway that I was on wasn't an ideal one. And mm-hmm. I, you know, thank goodness that they cared for me so much that, that they said, look... Dad is only around part of the time because he's a pilot. Mom, she doesn't drive, so I was up to all these influences that were going on. Mm-hmm. So basically he said, No, you're gonna go to Sarah and it was a small school, it's still there. And um, yeah, so I went to an all boys Catholic high school and that sort of helped guide me a little bit. Yeah. But you know, I mean if my head was in the book with a pencil I'd be drawing waves. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and truth is, is I could have done a lot better. And there was probably at that high school four guys that surfed, and everybody made fun of us. Yeah, everybody. Made You're fun the outcasts. Us. We were outcasts. They were all jocks or super brainy guys, and 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 uh, you know we we were kind of shot on. Them. Fucking but, surfers. Yeah, but you but we were very proud. It's like yeah. I don't care. You guys yeah. are idiots. You know? Yeah, I don't care.
1: Well, that's the thing is yeah. like, you guys, we in your eyes, yeah. not just rebels, but yeah, you're like, I'm doing something that's like way more fulfilling and cool and gnarly. We certainly th- thought so. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. And in a lot of respects, for sure, you yeah. know, versus just being a yeah. sport dude or whatever. You, you know, a ladies hey, I'm, man? I'm a really good were runner. A ladies, man. Hardly. <laughs> uh,
3: but I did, I'll, I'll make one small claim. Okay. I did have a girlfriend later in high school and I thought she was very uh, beautiful but she came to pick me up one time to take me to lunch at my all boys Catholic yeah. high school. And dude, Everyone's the conversation out. stopped. Yeah. That was it. No more Rag and Robert anymore. Yeah. The guys, okay. Yeah. The guys, okay. So she helped legitimize my status. And I wasn't just a full surf goon I had. That's so. Behind
1: every good man is a better woman. Yeah, yeah or whatever yeah. that. I yeah.
3: consider that like yeah. you know, that lucky thing that nobody could plan for, but just occurred. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny what, t- what it's we so think, true, but yeah. yeah, it's like it's funny what,
0: what us as men, boys, kids uh,
3: yeah. feel respectable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Wait, he's got a hot chick. He must be cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. cool. it's 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 just a dumb thing, but I felt good about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, I feel good for you. Yeah. I felt good <laughs> about it. It's like okay. It, it, That's it, it, why not... I ask
0: is like in in. High school, it seemed like if you were a surfer, you were definitely a little bit cooler, you know what I mean? Uh, in, yeah in I, the eyes I, of other people. I
3: think in Southern California that was true, but in Northern California they didn't know much they about so much yeah. right? especially on the peninsula, right and, and so surfers really weren't considered like when you um, say peninsula, what? the San Francisco Peninsula. So basically from San Francisco all the way down to San Jose on the inside of the bay. Or on the outside of the Bay from San Francisco okay. all the way past Half Moon Bay down toward San Cruz yeah. yeah yeah so you know living up there surfers were their own deal they, they had to kind of take care of each other and buoy each other up because most people did not want their kids to be surfers yeah and especially know, at that stage of, at that stage in that yeah. time in history and so forth like today moms and dads are yeah stoked you're a surfer awesome I love it that means you're not doing video games or whatever we're gonna get you a surf coach and before yeah. you know hey you're gonna do NSSA and yeah. before you know it you know what you're gonna take on Kelly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back you're then. the next kelly you're the next and kelly. back
1: then it's like you're hanging out with a bunch of older dudes who smoke weed and drink yeah. and they yeah. don't have real jobs and they're just living off like oh that's yeah, true. That, that was the kind of it's, mo they had
3: a lot of lot of living in vans um some people that had surf shops lived in the back of their surf shops and you know did whatever they had to do to augment their income yeah and and that's where all that came from yeah i mean like what mom or dad would think oh yeah i want you to be that yeah yeah. You know, I mean
0: gosh well it's funny because we you know um, Scott Scar- Scarborough, Scarborough in yeah. flight uh-huh. I think you guys are around the same
3: age um, I'll be 61 in a couple of weeks but I don't know how old Scott is I, think I,
2: don't
0: he, I don't know but he said something to us that was a trip because we asked him about localism mm-hmm. and he goes yeah we didn't really have it and he goes and you know why because a lot of the older dudes were in Vietnam yeah mm. You know mm-hmm. so I was like whoa what a trip like yeah like that was a huge shift a paradigm shift in surfing oh massive yeah massive cause, and and because
3: you were a sad paradigm shift yeah if, if you will um, yeah you know and I felt feel for all those guys just it's I, I still have a lot of vets come to me you know um, buyer boards and all that stuff and you know, they got some miles on them. Yeah. It's a, it's a different deal for sure. So,
1: yeah, war's bad.
3: Yeah, their lives weren't as pretty as a lot of the teens today. And, uh, you know, today you've got to yeah. You're
1: right. it made. Yeah. Right?
3: It's a
0: trip how, like, whatever, world events or, and when we're talking about how movies. Hollywood yeah. movies, it's a trip on what that, uh, how that affects our world, mm-hmm. our lives, and, mm-hmm. you know, something like surfing, the smallest surfing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, surfing's huge, but in our lives, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a trip. What, how it outside influences. Yeah. Yeah. The outside influence, like,
1: yeah, we're, right? we're such a niche, little, you know, cool right. sport or lifestyle, right. but then it gets kind of mainstream at certain yeah. times and it kind of blows up and yeah. everybody wants a piece of it, but yet it doesn't never lasts that time you yeah. know, it always kind of right. hits a spike and then it's yeah, dips. It, ebbs and flows. yeah. Well,
3: it kind of self-regulates yeah and and i think that's kind of a neat thing about it it's like it's not designed to be a massive thing like tennis or something yeah play all over the place and build tennis courts i think it just regulates itself as to the size it need be um, because i think it takes quite a bit of character to become a real good surfer just a lot of time a lot of donuts and and you know it's just not easy and a couple of
1: freaks that come through you know every decade that really you know change the game yeah yeah Yeah. i mean and as recently there's been multiple but you know usually if you look from the 60s 70s 80s whatever usually is a couple players you know oh yeah you know big influencers yeah that are big influences and now with the way you know social media is and exposure because it was you know one movie a year back you know absolutely and, and, and then it went to in the 80s and then maybe Quicksilver and built a couple of the brands are now putting out their you know so a right. little bit more exposure in the 90s the vhs and now it's social media so it's like wow there's a fucking lot of good surfers yeah. like you yeah. know there's a lot of people that could and they mm-hmm. can bring their surfing
3: to you very easily with social media yeah so i think everybody now who's a legitimately good surfer is also their own brand they irrespective of what they may ride for what companies they may ride for. The good dudes develop their own videos, oh, yeah. their own deal, and all the editing that they do is fantastic. And, and the music and all the stuff they do—it's—it's it's amazing. I think yeah. it's amazing that you have that. If you don't have that now, I don't think you're going to make it as a right. professional surfer.
1: You have to have um, your own story. Yeah, which is, you know, a curse and a, and a gift depending yeah. on who you know how you're able to use it use it yeah but you know back in the 80s 90s you know the equipment to save self-fund your own promotional mm-hmm. like kind of you, it, couldn't it. It, you couldn't do it it was just like the equipment was so expensive and you had you know nobody was that technical and you know very few were mm-hmm. and now we you know we've got these supercomputers at their hand yeah. and they're so killer like <laughs> we're yeah. parting on right here but yeah yeah now it just comes down to that that marketing aspect and yeah. that image and how to be different and, and in the spotlight, right. which is tell your story. Yeah, so I, mean, I don't that, know if I like that.
3: I, <laughs> I mean, like I, I, as I've gotten older and old guys always do this—they pine for the past. They think about, man, wasn't it cool when we cruised down the through the Brussels sprout field and did yeah. that? And you know,
1: it's just an experience that. But fuck! I wish I had an f bomb or an old yeah. freaking psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, you, you, <laughs> right by today's standards, you're like, man, that was it really suck, but
3: he went anyway right and so I just think moments like that when they're shared with good friends are never forgotten yeah, yeah. and and really it, that to me is was the best part of surfing is those moments I mean even for you guys if you got great waves with friends or great swell at some unique spot you'll never forget it right and, and it was never on film, but so
1: what it doesn't matter. So what? Uh, as long as one of your bros saw it. Yeah, exactly. And isn't
3: it the best when somebody comes up to you 10 years down the road and go, remember that day when we were out it? you got shacked so hard? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, so it's
1: just like, oh yeah. Or thanks. when you went over the falls and oh, right. you forget. right, but that one never forgets either. Those are the <laughs> most common Yes. <laughs> I looked at him when I said that because <laughs> yeah. this guy's always yeah. crashing and burning. This show's not about me. But that's no. That means
0: you're charging. <laughs> uh, you
1: mentioned your dad was a
0: pilot? Airline pilot, yeah. Nice. What, what airlines? Pan American. So did that gets you Am. surfing other countries? It did. Or? Nice. Yeah.
3: A quick funny story. Uh, Pan Am was just about on uh, going out, but, but uh, curiously, if I had to travel on the air, in the airline, I had to wear a suit and a tie. Yes. And that was just how traveling was at that time. So on my first or second trip to the North Shore, just, uh, I wore a suit and a tie. And I had. You know, I, I, because my dad said, look man, you're not getting on that plane representing your family and that company without a suit and a tie, so you decide right now. So, okay, I'm wearing a suit and tie. So there I was, I got there, I'm at the airport, find my, my board and my bag, and my friends pull up and they just, they just freaking start cracking up. And I go, and after all that, I go, look, I flew first class, I ate like a freaking king, I didn't pay for my trip. Yeah, yeah. sucking. How do you like my yeah. suit? How do you like my suit? Yeah. yeah. How do you like yeah. them apples? Yeah. How do you like my suit, right? <laughs> so anyway, it, it was fun things like that, and there yeah. were privileges uh, with Pan American that that were fantastic. But the airline went under because it wasn't keeping up with the times. You couldn't have a, a high end airline at the time when deregulation came in shoot I'll fly United it's cheaper why the hell would I want to spend that much money mm. it, it's not good and then they yeah. were over inflated. they had big old airplanes that weren't full Yeah. so you know that's a, just a, a small story but I really enjoyed um, my time with my dad and mom with, with Pan American it was they had the coolest oh, freaking logo, too. Oh, yeah. People robbed those logos. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, you still see... I did Prolight. I think movies, Prolight stole that logo. Movies and things. And, yeah. I mean... It's been... Yeah, if there's it's any... It's iconic.
1: Yeah. If there's any kind of old school, like, yeah. period show from that era, it's yeah, Pan yeah, Am. Yeah. Like, there's no other airline that would... TWA, too. My, TWA's T-W- right in there. But Pan Am was world.
3: really the deal. And my dad used to go down to Tahiti, part of his flight route, and he... Then, Instead of what the pilots have to do today, which is get a night's sleep and, drive and fly the plane back someplace else. They'd have layovers there for a week. He'd play freaking golf and, and snorkel and do stuff because he wasn't a surfer. And so, I mean, he had a great life. Yeah. And he had a great life. Sounds South. amazing. It was freaking amazing, right? Yeah. So he would do the Pacific specific route. So it was Japan. It was Hawaii. It was uh, Tahiti. It was... Australia, maybe New Zealand. So now, you're looking at all these spots in the magazines. Yeah. So you're, like, now, you're like, Dad, I want to yeah. go, so go here. Dad, you know, like, I want to go here. I was really geared into it. But the truth is, I never made it farther than Hawaii and Tahiti. But and you got to go to Tahiti? I got to go to Tahiti, but not on Dad's dime. Oh. Uh, so it was much later, after I graduated college, that I finally made that trip. Mm. And it was great. It's just super cool to meet very interesting people and live kind of like how they live yeah and you
1: know it's like a 100 years ago like you know yeah like just
3: it might have been just like that so i've I've always had that soft spot in my heart for that south pacific thing yeah it's fucking
0: cool now would you and your crew ever haul down to mexico like drive down yeah
3: during college we would drive down all the time and it was great and we I feel it was a lot safer than than it is today. Oh hell yeah! You know, so so today it wouldn't go down like we did then. But we'd go on a moment's notice. What are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? Can you get, let's get to, let's get it together? Let's get a couple guys. We're gone. Yeah. And so it would be it was so, so cool, and and, and uh, you know all the spots that you know thirty eight fifty five San Miguel and Fondo, all that stuff yeah, and all, all, there, all, all that there, stuff. And, all I mean, but we early. we would sleep in our board bags, and and um, you know.
0: But you make it to who songs? Yeah, buddies would be brushing, eat, eat out of
3: the cans, brushing can their can teeth with beer, and and yeah. uh, gosh, there's this one guy that we went so down with times. one time, and it was cold, and people were probably a little inebriated, and, and we had the sleeping bags, we had our board bags, we were fine. He, he tried to snuggle up, and says, "We get out of here, get out of <laughs> here." And somebody was already sleeping in the cab, so all of a sudden you hear the the freaking hood open up and then he goes ah he's freaking hugging the engine he's holding on to this warm engine and it was (laughs) a straight six in this old truck he's hugging into the still had some heat in it yeah Yeah. and 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 and, uh, i don't know what happened to him after that 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 (laughs) night but he he slept with the engine that's so but those are really good but then it did change i mean like we had trips down there where we got all our shit stolen and yeah and then um all um got uh the federalities and you know started hassling our, and money and, making money and all that stuff and it was like you could see it was change and one time we had a, a very bad trip and as soon as I got across the border there was a McDonald's I laid on the ground kissed the ground looked up at the American flag and said I'm home yeah, yeah. you know never going back there <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was, was till next hard. month <laughs> yeah yeah till next month right <laughs> <laughs> Till ne- till next well but yeah we, we had a good time I mean it was just a lot of good friends a lot of great memories and, and I hope that people can still have good memories of mechs like that yeah. someday, you know.
0: I think everyone has a a crazy story about mechs getting shit stolen or getting yeah. freaking hassled by the yeah. If you go there enough, something's going to happen. Something's going to gonna happen. Yeah.
3: I mean, we woke up and we could see them <clears throat> running away with our boards. And there's nothing we could do because they just got in the car and left. Ugh. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, so... Your first job was working at the skate shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lars said, Were you, you a
3: good student? I was not a good student. I was an average student. Okay. Very average. But okay. I got good enough grades to make it down to Long Beach State.
1: Yeah, so that was your yeah. jump from North Cal So yeah. Cal was yeah. college.
3: came down to Long Beach State and I was very uh, happy that I was able to make it down. And, you know, on those early trips down to Southern California, it, it was everything that the magazine said it was it was warmer, there was more accessible surf breaks. Yeah. There were pretty girls. They were just, I mean, every, it was on, Yeah.
0: you know. Was and, that your dream to come down to Long Beach State? Was that your first college of my choice? Foot, or? I was
3: out of Santa Barbara, and I don't think I made it into Santa Barbara on the first, first go, and it either go to City and then go to Santa Barbara or whatever, but Long Beach State was, was pretty neat to me, and all I knew it was very close to the beach, so a lot of the things that I wanted to participate in were right there. Yeah. And really, I didn't know Long Beach. As a good town or a bad town or whatever it was yeah. and so close enough to f- the ocean close enough to the Something yeah. new.
1: was it like your first choice was it hard to get in I mean
3: I, 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 just know, thinking back I don't think it was exceptionally hard to get in it was harder to get into Santa Barbara and mm-hmm. that's probably why I didn't yeah. get into it. it probably had a 3.0 it's always been like that there, or sure. so you know average in school and, and you know my SATs were average yeah. You know, so it was. But loaded. Long Beach
1: is, I mean, like you said, centrally located, and oh yeah, it's a great school. So there's it's, Way more amenities
3: down here than great, Santa
1: Barbara. Great yeah. jumping off all, all year round. It sort of think, down think here. about that.
0: Like oh. if you went to Santa Barbara, yeah, yeah, you had Rincon and yeah, you have right, you know, some misto spots, but right. you're wearing a full suit all year round. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. I, I just not,
3: loved it down here. I mean, pretty much, I I lived between RJs and flipping HB and. So did you go straight to a
0: dorm or...
3: I did. I went straight to... Well, let me take that back. No, I did not. I came down with... A, we didn't make... For whatever reasons, I wasn't accepted into the dorms the first semester. So a buddy who did not go to Long Beach State was decided to come down and live with me down here. And we had my '70 Chevelle and the flipping trailer behind it. And we came down and my dad said, go find a place to live, you know. And so we were looking in the paper you couldn't go on the internet and oh yeah this this is a good place it's in daisy street in long beach <laughs> and i'm like sounds cool daisy street long beach we drove <laughs> there with our boards on the top and the trailer and the, the car and it was i mean in a not so nice part of town
0: where we'll park
3: like close Wellington? to 710 yeah you know kind of gnarly right 710 yeah close okay. to that and and um there was a car up on milk crates with no wheels <laughs> and and you know i'd never seen anything like that before and my roll them up yeah <laughs> my, my friend were you like in the suburbs of half moon bay or whatever well actually we were in half moon bay it's on the other side of the, the thing place called foster city in san mateo county but it was the burbs and, yeah. I, and i was very fortunate to have you know typical burb life right yeah kind of like the hb life yeah yeah right around here and so I'd never, ever been to a place like that before. And, and uh, we got out of there pretty quick because <laughs> we, we certainly weren't comfortable. And, and uh, so we ended up, our first place was in, uh, still in Long Beach on Cherry Avenue in 21st. And that's nice. another semi-suspect area. area. So there was a lot of learning on that, on that first yeah. semester about location yeah. and people and so forth like that. Yeah, there's
0: Long Beach is huge. Yeah, it's massive. And there's really like desirable places mm-hmm. to live. Fantastic but then ways. it's right next to undesirable places yeah. to live.
3: Yeah, so we, we learned a lot. Yeah, we learned a lot.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's like a service industry, you know, because they're all working at the ports and, you know, low income, you know, but then there's like really nice, yeah, yeah, like desirable areas. Oh, fantastic. And it's Dixby, Knolls. And then you got, um, yeah. You I got Palos Verdes, which is yeah. you know like yeah. ranch style, like coast, like Northern California, and, yeah. then, and then you know that whole oh, yeah, refinery, you have to go through, yeah, yeah exactly. and harbor area. It's it's pretty weird setup.
0: Yeah, I mean that's anything cool. along the side of seven, the seven ten, it was down there pretty pretty hard. ghetto. Yeah, but
1: <laughs> I mean, when you're just looking, good. you know, out of a. Classified ads yeah. and you're just in the newspaper
3: newspaper. Yeah right. Like you're and, just and, 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 you, I don't know anything and we had a map and that's all we had the map and the a news Thomas newspaper. guide or a map? Oh, we had a map I think. <laughs> yeah, that was pre-Thomas guide. I think there were Thomas guides, but but I was <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty keen <laughs> on a map
1: Yeah, AAA. Uh, a yeah. So but, where did you guys end up?
3: Cherry and 21st? Cherry and 21st was the first landing spot and, and um, you know while I was at school and and uh yeah it kind of grooved for a little bit and we i don't know things things as far as surfing goes they improved dramatically when i went to school because um they were doing this club thing and all the clubs would show up on campus and there was a surf club i never knew what a surf club was and a surf team was and wow. so i met those guys and they were really nice and yeah
0: wait so, can i ask you did, yeah. did you
3: go surfing already like where were you where was your first surf as a well, funny. it's probably college. was Seal Beach. Seal Beach. Okay. Yeah. It was probably Seal Beach, and it was probably crabs or the river. Um, and uh, I didn't yet know about Southside, um, but I certainly learned about it real quick. Yeah. Which is really. And cool. what
0: was the? Uh, was it summertime? Was it winter? In in it, 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 was, it was. It was. Fall. Yeah. Was or spring. into summer. September. Yeah.
3: End of summer kind of thing. Yeah. You know. Were the there waves when you first? No, it was just warm. I mean, like as far as I was concerned, I was just happy to not have a suit on and yeah. paddling around feeling, feeling pretty frisky. And what was the crowd like? There was more people but I felt that I was surfing well enough and respectfully enough that I could fit.
2: Yeah.
1: Because that's going to be intimidating. You know, you're like new, new place, yeah. new people, new spot. Like, and you probably so, imagine well, everybody on the of California would probably rip. It's like Surf Mecca, you know? Like, yeah. And you're like, ah, fucking people aren't that hot dog. I don't know. There's a couple I can hold my own. Yeah. Well, that was until
3: Southside broke. <laughs> and then, you know, there's some good regulation going on there yeah. in Southside at that oh, time. We could get into that hierarchy. Oh, it was an incredible hierarchy. And the fortunate thing is that I kept my mouth shut and I did my the NorCal thing and just kind of full respect and yeah you know there's guys like Mike Morgan out there and, and you know various other guys that would certainly hold court and you know that that goes back into the 70s before I came um but uh yeah that, what a fantastic wave you know i mean at that time that close to the you know beach it broke better back then in terms of the sand so there were more surfable days perhaps yeah. and just that kind of hollow wave i i, I really
1: enjoyed it i yeah. just thought Man, that's, that's it's got scary. consequence, yeah. You know, yeah, this kind of felt like you, you, you you don't, you're to not you're not a hundred yards, yeah. to get it had it. teeth, but you, you, yeah, you're not surfing this outer reef yeah. or sandbar that's right. like massive, and you're getting you're like you get the heart rate up and you get that you yeah. know, exhilaration, but yeah. yet, like, the consequence is like you're slamming fucking hard on the sand if yeah. you yeah. make wrong moves, which is kind of In the kind of South rare. beach dudes were dicks, huh? yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, well. <laughs> I mean, like I say, I, I call it regulation, right? Yeah. And, and this, and you know, this is just before surfline started to crack, and you know, they, they made it really clear: you you don't want to be here if you're not from here, you know. Yeah. You don't want to be here. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, oh, hey,
1: yeah, come share a wave with me. And Where it, are you from? Yeah, yeah go on here. And, and it wasn't just surfers. Was, there are some gnarly boogie boarder. Oh yeah, like yeah. yeah. Well, that was.
3: Became very prevalent too. So yeah. there were some, you know, they they regulated it well. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was there was a one nice guy there that you guys all know is Stamps. Yeah. And Stamps was a young kid, and he he was a humble like he is now, just a super kind, humble, yeah, nice kid. And I remember hey, I Can hang out with this guy. He he's cool. You know, he doesn't vibe me or anything.
1: That's, little you know, rat. I'll never yeah, he was a rat.
3: Nice little rat.
0: I'll never <laughs> ever forget. David Sowers just
3: chirping people. Huh. That yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 go on left, go left. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, I mean, David was a huge part of that scene. you know yeah. They were on 20s and, and, you know, they were, they held down. There were enforcers out there. Yeah, they held Seal Beach down pretty well. And, you know, my hat's off to them and that that was a very special time in surfing and you can't do that today. Yeah. And so they had that sort of window of opportunity that they didn't even realize was there yeah. that they could hold that beach. And they did. They held that beach. And, and um, you know, you could go surf HB, you could go surf anyway, but, you know, here's probably not your spot.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, like, you know, it's... A, but guess. there's a certain
0: part of
3: HB too that sure had that. Kind of, mm-hmm. Well, you just can't snuggle up to the pier yeah. and expect that you're going to get the wave, yeah. the set wave. Have yeah, guys like Lauren Robinette
1: trying to?
2: <laughs>
0: I was a little
1: guy. Well, and when, when I did come into prime, I was like, "Yeah, finally, I get the Yeah. Well I mean, I, you know, <laughs> L- Llamas was a,
3: was an amazing surfer, right?
1: Say again, Llamas.
3: Bud. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, amazing surfer, and you know, I mean, those guys knew how to take care of themselves at the pier. Yeah, but. It, you could go right to the apartments right there, just north of it, or you know, just Taco Bell Reef or anything, and you can still be there.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, no issues.
3: Right, no issues.
0: But. So, so going to Long Beach State. Oh yeah. You,
3: you join the surf team. Yeah, surf club, surf team on campus. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so I met a lot of guys that were just genuinely good people, nice people. And, and that's 18- when you started doing competition. Yeah, and and my first competition was up in Venice or something like that and I just failed so miserably I mean, what the hell am I doing man I'm wearing this jersey And they weren't micro they actually had to tie them on they the were tank top like, ones they, yeah they were like um Tassels? Nylon. yeah and you had to tie them and and mine came untied and I mean I just felt so embarrassed and you know who, who was uh, on your team do you remember the guys
0: well, oh, we okay, him. so
3: I'll, I'll, I'll digress just a little bit. At one point, we had Scott Farnsworth when we were a lot better. So Farnsworth mm. was amazing, right? Yeah. So we had some pretty good guys as the team progressed, and we were probably number one. No, probably I think we were number two. Santa Barbara, I believe, was number one. And and uh, when I was, I became president of the surf team, and so that was really when things were, you know, I was really in at that particular point. But in the beginning, it was off. Mm. So all I knew was I could get better from there.
1: And who, what schools? So Santa Barbara, was it USC? USC Santa Barbara. Yeah? Yeah. What, what, what other schools would you compete with? Um, Point Loma.
3: Yeah, Point Loma. There was uh, San Diego State.
1: OCC? Coast.
3: I think they were in there too in our league. Um, But there, I think there were four or five schools. Yeah. And um, we, so we got to surf some good spots. I mean, we surfed blacks on a big day, and that was really good. I didn't do well there either. I broke my board first heat, uh, but I had a borrowed board that actually worked better. So yeah, That's so rad. Yeah. What were you? What were you
1: majoring in? What was your like? Well, go to school just okay. So I thought I was going to be a cool bed? guy,
3: marine biology, but biology was very, very hard. <laughs> a lot of word tongue twisting <laughs> yeah, words. It was very, very hard, and I didn't know what I would become afterwards, and so. I ended up meeting this one college professor and this guy named Dr. Jim Edwards and he held me accountable um, in ways that that, uh, no other professor ever did. He basically called me out and goes, look, you're doing poor work. You're better than this. And he kind of mentored me. And so his deal was uh, plastics, polymer science. And it was uh, plastics engineering, for lack of a better term. And that was kind of cool because surfboards, believe it or not, are plastic. Uh, They're made out of oil yeah so for lack of a better term okay well i like surfboards i like boats i like i guess i like airplanes and stuff and all this stuff is made out of some form which
1: is a huge emerging market too with everything right so i
3: so i thought hey maybe i get involved in this and it was and um, through the industrial education program down there and it was pretty cool so i was fortunate that i could have my surf team thing and then make some progress in this particular thing and i would have I was supposed to go to work for like McDonnell Douglas Hughes or Northrop or something like most of my contemporaries did, but as soon as I started working at HSNS. so weird. <laughs> oh my God, dude. This is the life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hold
0: on. Hold on. I, I want to go back real quick. Yeah. You're the president of your surf team. Yeah. Surf
3: club surf team. Yeah. Um,
0: how did that happen or, or like, did you have
3: to... Well, I, I think, I think people liked that I was organized. And it may have also been one of those things. <laughs> Who wants to be president? Everybody said, not it. And I was probably the guy, right? Because <laughs> most of those guys didn't want the responsibility. Yeah. But we had such a good time. There Was a. Um, was it a big team? We had a pretty full team. We had an A and B. Um, there was a, we tried to raise money and stuff yeah. like that. And there's this house on campus called the Seroptimus House that you can actually uh, rent out for events. Right. And they mistakenly rented it to me.
1: (laughs) K-Grader. Mistakenly.
3: Yeah. And, you know, again, this was all before cell phones and all that stuff. But we had this one event there. And it was crazy. We had punk bands. And we had the, at that time, Wyoming State had a football team. We had them and and the water polo teams as bouncers. And people were coming from UCLA. They knew about this thing. And wow! So, we, so it was a rage. jerk. Yeah, it was crazy. People was jumping from the roof, and the guys throwing people back over a fence, and all that <laughs> stuff. And it was, like full college frat house party. It, it, it was like you might imagine it. Yeah, you know it. I mean, it was a good time for those that weren't responsible for it. Yeah, right. I was responsible for it, yeah. so I had to go <laughs> before the student body chapter or whatever the president down there or whatever. It's not what it we intended. Yeah, 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 and get rid of the riot act. And we made some money, but most of it went to repairs. <laughs> most of it went to cleaning that place back up. And I felt bad. I genuinely felt bad because I'm not a big party guy, and everyone yeah. was. But I could see the benefit of getting people together and raising funds, so that when we went up to Santa Barbara, we could stay in a hotel. Yeah, we'd have to stay in our cars. You know, we had some funds that we could work with.
1: Yeah. Oh did you guys uh, have like sweatsuit outfit? Like, we suits? had killer ones. Yeah,
3: and that was uh, we had them. They were made by Arena, and it was what the swimmers were all so about. So awesome! Yeah, swimmers were all. About. I still we gotta one. get those. We, we gotta did. make some of those. I still have one. I still you still have, have one. Uh, we yeah. talk
1: about how because HSS had. The same.
3: Well, I got the hookup from Aaron, I believe, and that's how that all happened. It was just like the HSNs ones, so yeah. Well, uh, but we had, you know, Long Beach State surfing on it.
1: They were so cool.
3: Yeah, so, well, we felt really cool and together. Yeah, with them, um, you know. But uh, yes, because you're you're like a
0: mild mannered dude, organized, studious, but you love surfing. Yeah. It's it's a. Uh, it's a trip. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but it's it's a it's a trip that you became. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you were the president of of that. Mm-hmm. And but it surprises me that you didn't get into like competition until
3: college. Okay. But well, learning that was NorCal. That, that was NorCal. Really was wasn't, yeah. there wasn't that thing? Yeah. And truth is, I was never really good at competitive surfer. I was yeah. very average. I could hold my own. But you know, finals every once in a blue moon. Win, not yeah, no way. Did did, uh, was there a lot of girl surfers yet? We had, we had enough to field our team, and our girl surfers weren't bad. Yeah, they were pretty darn okay. Yeah, you know, and and, isn't it it crazy that progression of you know women surfing today? Uh, I I love it. In fact, I sometimes like watching women's pro surfing better than men. Sometimes I do too, because. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and I, and I like it when when they they are doing things differently than each other. Like, you know, most of the guys, what they're going to do in the way before they take off. Yeah, with the girls, there's skill set differences. There there are um, approaches that are different. Yeah, I mean, Carissa's going to look different than Sea mm-hmm. Tiger, and you know, yeah, it's just it's just going to be different. Sea Tiger and freaking Stephanie Gilmore. It's yeah, like, yeah. And, and to see how they've mm-hmm. improved. In that competitive arena, so is yeah. really really cool too. They know how to compete before they knew how to surf, but they may not have known how to compete. Yeah, right. So that with coaching, that is so big right now, it's yeah. certainly elevated their game.
0: Okay, so you were going to maybe work in the plastic, Paul? yeah, polymer science, plastic, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and possibly get a career at McDonnell Douglas or the Boeing University. or whatever, yeah. right. and then. You went to go get a job at HSS? Yeah. Summer job,
1: part-time. How did
0: you learn about it?
3: There was somebody that was going either in our surf team, and he told me about the job. There was a job opening. I think his name is George. And he told me about this job opening over there. And I don't know if I've ever stepped into HSNS before. But Had you heard about it? Yeah, Yeah, I heard about it. But I don't know if I'd stepped in it. Before. Um, We're talking 1506. 1506 Coast Highway, the big dirt lot on the outside. And uh, it was really nice. I really enjoyed meeting Aaron. And, and. Uh, what years is. This? I graduated in 85, so it's gotta be 83, 82, maybe in that general era. Yeah, probably right around there. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, Aaron immediately impressed me with his approach because i've been to a lot of surf shops and most of them like i said were pretty suspect but cool but this guy had a different approach and this guy's approach was very regimented and very clear that he wanted to build something out of this and it also was very clear the passion that he had for retailing in surfing and um, it was very infectious Hmm. Very infectious,
1: yeah. Like, like merchandising was merchandising like as store I learned, because when
3: I came in there, I didn't know what the word merchandising was, yeah. Right? Okay, I didn't know Just what stuff. open to buy was, I didn't know any of these things. Retail and, math, and, yeah. And and Aaron was an innovator in surf retail, I mean, a true innovator. And you know, whether it's Greg or Jeff Ossis or EJ or me or you know the host of people that spawned from them, I don't think any of us ever thought we'd be in the surf industry for life. Yeah. Okay? How but, wild, right? Oh, it's crazy. Because I, I reflect with, with uh, Bobby all the time about that sort of thing. And here we are. The deal was, is, is Aaron's, Aaron was doing something he absolutely loved. And when I graduated school and I went to those interviews, I was not in love. <laughs> I was not in love. And much to the disappointment of my parents, I, they declined jobs that I was a shoe-in for. Because during that time in school, I was also president of the Society of Plastics Engineers. Jeez. So I met people, and I represented Long Beach State in a, the best way that I could when we went to these places or events. I was this person that was supposed to you know, tell our story, yeah. the Long Beach State story. Which and you look good in the way. suit. I had a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that you mention. Yeah. No, I had that. So it's but, gone a long way. Yeah, but, but you know, passion won. Yeah. And and Aaron's passion of doing something he absolutely loved. Yeah. And I thought, gosh, man, here's a guy in this industry who does something he absolutely loves. And I'd never met anybody in the industry that did mm-hmm. something that they I didn't I didn't know the industry. I didn't know there was an
0: industry. Yeah. yeah. What's what's a trip? Robert is um the the uh he was a party animal. Pie. Before he settled down and got into business, mm-hmm. he was a pilot. <laughs> like he ranged, him and Duke like partied a lot together. Mm-hmm. And it's a trip that, you know, he I mean, buckled down. Okay, and, so it's not, did, that did that not Miriam.
3: says 20- your name Miriam? Miriam, yeah. Not, okay. yeah. She was the reason for all this stuff. I bet, yeah. Because I believe HSNS was owned by somebody else before Aaron bought it. Yeah, Bob I, right? Bolin. Okay, Bolin the owned Greek. it was like Bob Boland. Okay, Boland, right? The Greek. He yeah, it, okay. So when, when Aaron came aboard, his mom was sure that if we're going to do this thing, we're going to do it right. And, and I think Aaron could see the light like, I can have fun mm-hmm. and I can be in this thing and I can grow it. And he matured right along that way. It was yeah. his time. To mature at the same time, the surfing industry was changing. Yeah. I mean, it was like so perfect sp- timing, amazing. I mean, yeah. Quick was coming on, Billabong, Instinct, O'Neill—all these things—they were blown up, and they were having to deal with knucklehead surf shops, where Miriam and Aaron developed a shop that was—you'd want to associate yourself. Yeah. With. And so these brands were happy to associate themselves yeah. with Aaron.
0: He he. I think figured out how to run a business, right?
3: Thank his mom and, and, and his thank mom the helped timing. him yeah, figure out the how to run a
0: business, yeah. and he is a creative because of the passion. Mm-hmm. He figured out how to make it even better.
3: Yeah, you know, well, and, t- and we'll t- still have fun.
1: Yeah, the timing, location, the the demand, you know, like all it, of it. It was like a, it was all there.
0: The so the perfect storm. Your when you interviewed for the job, were you just going to work the floor, like work in this behind the counter, or what? Was yeah, the, that's all the thing. Like not yes. a management thing. It no, was just no, no, like, no, no, no,
3: dude. I, 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 it, we, we need bodies we, we need bodies, and but but I dug it. I mean, who wouldn't want to sell wetsuits and and boards and you know? So was building surfboards, then. He was yeah. and he wasn't Bill Wong.
2: Yeah,
3: and I got to meet all these really wonderful people, and I was I, I, I was very happy to be there and and work with the Ossus brothers, these guys are such clowns and they made me laugh so much and, you know. Who, who was there first? You were the Hostesses. The Hostesses were there first. They were Okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah.
1: what What was, did they ask, you know, did you, did they see you surf before? Did they know you surf? No. Was that they, part they of, just, you know?
3: They just knew that, I think that they, you said a couple I people worked, might have vouched for me. I'm and, going to Long Beach, I'm yeah, part yeah, of the I president mean, I, of the surf team. Yeah, they, they probably said, hey, you know what, this is probably more upstanding guy than some others and, Way, way it went, but you know,
1: because I'm sure that weight that had weight, you know, like yeah. hey, I'm in college, yeah, I'm part, I'm on the surf team, sure. I'm the president. What, like, what ethnicity
0: are you? I'm a mutt, like, what, what, uh,
3: I'm, I'm, uh, my mom's half Chinese and half English, okay, that's what I my see. My dad's primarily Germanic to the best that we can tell, no 23 and me at the time, so I believe his, my grandfather probably, or great grandfather came over from Europe. They settled in Ohio. My dad met my mom in, in Hong Kong because my dad was a pilot, my mom was a stewardess, and so so that's how the quick story went. What a trip! Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because I you have Asian eyes, kind of right? Yeah, yeah. I forget the mut thing going. Yeah, so it's typical. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean it's yeah. that's the melting pot of yeah. the world. Yeah. The world. So
3: so
0: you work the floor. Yeah, and it's a trip because then. There wasn't as many brands, there wasn't as many wetsuits, there wasn't as many, yeah. you know. Like it was like, it was definitely a business, mm-hmm. but with less,
3: like, yeah, less yes. companies. Okay, so with the companies, they wanted to associate themselves with good retailers, of which Aaron became a very good retailer. Today, well, tigress. That was the only way that they could sell product through retail. There was no internet. There was no. no direct-to-consumer avenues. They didn't have their own things. So boy, oh boy, did they love making those relationships with good people. And that was the beginning of those very strong relationships that would happen in HP and maybe in San Diego and a few key spots where they could bloom their business. I'm like
1: I'm, I'm, I'm bringing back memories of... 1506 and the yeah. store and the rounders, but then on the wall, I remember like the picture boxes, you know, above yeah. like the wall, you know, yeah. the slap wall. And then the, the counter on the left side uh, and the dude. boards like, yeah. you know, I'm like, I started
0: at 1506 too, yeah. way after you. Yeah. But um, yeah,
3: just, just that, that whole freaking experience. It was a spawning ground for all of us. And, yeah. and you know, I'm forever grateful for, for Aaron. How for about bathroom? the bathroom?
0: And all the people fucking signing. Yeah. Well, Tom Curran, remember what? Yeah. Tom Curran, like he, he wrote something. Heck, I can't speak we know. Do you remember? I remember the bathroom,
1: bathroom, but I don't remember his. Yeah, I don't remember. I see the
0: He wrote something that was like, so like, obscure. Very, obscure, very current esque Full on current esque current
3: esque I mean, Curran, I wish we
0: could have saved that bathroom because, <laughs> yeah. or took pictures of it or documented it because so many people signed that thing. Yeah. You know?
3: I, I, truly enjoyed Kern's surfing and they still do today I think it's still some of the best surfing that's ever ever been done but he was not the guy to put in front of a camera or to put in front of anything like that and so I think they started to learn about the values of certain surfers that could do things besides surf yeah and so all these things were happening at that time yeah and I remember when the OP Pro and Kern one year surfed without any logos do you remember that? There was a situation where he decided not to have any logos because he wanted to zen out. Huh. And I could be wrong on that, but I'm I'm almost certain that that happened.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I remember
3: when he was on that Maurice Cole. Maybe that in was the time. maybe that was a time. Maybe I'm getting a little mixed, but.
1: Yeah. You know, he definitely had He was not the Sean Thompson of going around and signing and being engaging and like whatever he was he wasn't the spokesperson ambassador.
3: So so again, that time was all about learning. Those companies needed to learn who they wanted to have, not just the best server. Yeah. But you know, who is that best package that I can go long long with, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. and you were like I, I don't know if HSS already had that notoriety. And I'm sure, you know, you were there for it. But like, HSS was, dude, like, the place, right?
3: It, yeah, I mean, the penny wetsuit sales, all those sorts of things, those rad promotions that, that uh, were brand new at that time. Those were all innovative things yeah. that happened, happened there. But yeah. all, the,
0: all the up-and-coming pros, Bud, yeah. like everybody, yeah. Farnsworth, everybody had the 800th and Surfing Sport logo, Yeah, right? So, you start working there, yep. and you're thinking, you know, you're, when you went to school for a different, mm-hmm. you know, job, and you turned down those jobs that you could have easily had. What was your thinking? Like, okay, retail is my calling? I,
3: I'll be honest, I was kind of lost.
1: Just want to surf and yeah. make some money. Yeah,
3: I was just kind of lost. Um, I knew my parents were not happy with my decisions. That weighed on me. You know, I I just thought that I was just going to find my way kind of day after day. Um, there was a customer that came into HSNS, and he was about my age, and he just seemed to have all his shit together. He goes, gosh, Robert, you speak speak well with me all the time, and, you know, it's, it's awesome that you do that. Maybe you should come work for me. Mm. And this guy would always buy fresh wetsuits and all these things. It seemed like he, had he always had... had Means. means to get whatever he wanted and so I go what do you do and he goes well I, I generate loans I'm a, I'm a loan officer I generate loans and I just started my own company I think you should come on because you seem to work well with people and I thought to myself well shoot this is my opportunity to put on a suit and tie and make my parents happy and so I reluctantly, I remember going to AP's house and I remember reluctantly and he was with Cher at the time and I remember just telling him hey man I got to go. And boy, it felt bad to say it. Wow. But I did. How, how long were you there for? Good question. Um, I'm not going to be 100% right. Two or four years, maybe. Four years? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the fourth year, this guy said, it, come yeah, work with me. Yeah. And so I did it, not because I was passionate about it again, yeah. but because I felt that peop- my parents would think good at me. I failed so miserably. That was so far out of my wheelhouse. And I just went, oh my God. How
0: long did you give it?
3: Four months. Four <laughs> I mean, it was bad. It was bad. I didn't make any money because it was all commissioned and so forth. So whatever <laughs> money I saved, and I did save money, I was going down this path. I was just like, man, this is, this is awful.
1: It's a, it's a different personality to yeah. have that kind of something you're passionate about. You're selling yeah. wetsuits and boards and you know yeah. wet whatever, yeah. leashes, and you know so much about it. Yeah. And you have these relationships to go into something where you're kind of essentially like a cold caller and you're just such a crash and burn. But it was
3: a good experience for me because I realized that I have to do something that I'm passionate about and I have to do it for myself. I can't do it for anybody else. And it's not about money.
1: You know, money does make the world go round and it does help on, you know, providing, but but I knew it's that if a, I did
3: something I was passionate about, I'd put full effort into and it. And the result is I'd probably make a living. Yeah. And I'm not talking real money, but I'll, I'll make a living. Well, you look at you know, yeah.
1: Aaron, and he's running a successful you yeah. know, surf shop and business. And he's not, you know, by any means, leaving, living paycheck to paycheck. And he's yeah. showing up early and leaving late and getting yeah. to surf in the morning and the afternoon. And you're like, that's the jam. It was a jam. <laughs>
0: well, it's a, it's a trip how much of a, a university HSS... Is.
3: I don't know if I don't know if one that has done the same. Yeah. So after that thing, um I got a job at Peak Wetsuits. Epic. So from yeah from the loan to Peak, okay. I went to Peak back into the industry, right? And Richard, what was that position? Richard Sanders and and um was in there. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Colonel Sanders. And and um they hired me as national sales manager. Wow. Which was kind of an interesting thing. Now don't go wow out too hard because was, we didn't have anything to manage yet. Okay? Just starting off. The only thing we needed to manage was Aki. So hold on. Did you already know Richard, Colonel? No.
0: You never met him? No, well, we might have met through the shop at some point. And how did you get this job?
3: Who told you to apply for it? I don't even him? actually remember. How <laughs> together, But it was John Howitt and Richard. And I think there was maybe one or two people that worked in the back. And that was it.
0: Okay, can I go one yeah. step back to... Was Pi bummed on you leaving, or was it like a good...
3: It was very good, because Pi understood me. Yeah. Okay, he knew what I was going through. And, you know, all of us at that time became very good friends, and Pi treated us well. He'd take us out to dinner. Yeah. And you know, we, we'd have good times. Captain Jack's. Captain Jack's. Yeah. There was a couple of Mexican restaurants, maybe some food fights and stuff. But, I mean, you know, just really good times. Yeah. Like, bonding, right? Yeah. Really cool stuff. Like, I can't believe this is what this guy does for a living and he's fully passionate about it. How do I get a part of it? Yeah. But the other part was, man, I got to do something. Yeah. So he was very gracious in in letting me go.
0: And can we, when I said university, I kind of wanted to talk about like what
3: you learned there, right? Well, there's so much. Customer service. Yeah. I mean, marketing, pretty much business, pretty much business, (laughs) the business side. And, and, and it's uh, business 101 yeah and I moved my way up a little bit I mean I wasn't you know all that but I certainly took on more of a, a role over time yeah which was great um, but, um, the but you pattern, learned the passion, all the
0: different aspects of, of what it takes to run a surf shop I, I
3: knew I knew more I, I knew enough to feel confident yeah okay I knew enough to feel confident and and you know during that time I was writing harbor surfboards and that was a really cool thing because I had those relationships from Surfing Seal Beach, Long Beach State, all the people that were involved. Were you sponsored? I would call it, <laughs> I, I, I would call it... Um, Flow, bro deal. I, was, Flo deal. I was one of the bros, yeah. but did I deserve it? Hell no, but I, I was one of the bros, right? Quit being so yeah. honest, bro, come on. You know, you ripped. But, uh, come on. Yeah, it, it was one of those great things, but you know, I will tell you this, when Harbor Surfboards uh, was on Main Street, opened up on Main Street in March of 1962, Rich had no idea other than building boards, right? And he was damn good at it, and he continued to be good at it. But while he was building my boards and doing things, he knew I was working at HSNS. and so every once in a while, he'd go, how'd you guys do today? And I would tell him, give him some figure that was astronomical to him, astronomical to him and he would just go, Wow, that's crazy, I've been around for this long and I don't have those numbers. I go, well, soft goods is where it's at now. Yeah. Hard goods, they're still gonna be there, but really the industry's being driven on the soft side. So the simple thing was, is after Peak, it came to, can you do that for me at Harbor Surfboards? Let, let's talk about Peak
1: before we go into Harbor though. Yeah. How, so, how long did you, yeah, like, how did you get the job? You didn't really realize who gave it to you. I, I I might
3: have actually gone back to Aaron. I don't remember how it all came to be. Like, yeah, I don't remember all, how it all came to be. But um,
1: peaks Australian brand. Australian coming brand here. coming
3: to the U.S. and they have hockey. Yeah. And hockey was all lightning in a bottle. That he was like that was hockey was yeah. all that. That
1: was the first suit that I was, you know, my parents purchased for me. Mm. Peak. And, and at, probably got some
3: color and all that stuff. Really
1: bright, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, royal blue and lime. <laughs> <sighs> I think there was. They might have pink.
1: That, and that, and that was like the There most could have been white. some really cool colors. Yeah. In there. And uh, it was at Beach Surf Center, previous shop yeah. of Dukes. Yeah. Duke's. yeah. Yes know, of the Pulse of Surfing. Yeah. That that location, they you know they brought in peak. They couldn't get like some of Anything, the other yeah. Alita or Victory or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But Victory was big too. That was a you know, right around the corner, like three yeah. blocks from my house, and. Yeah, net wrap that suit fucking tore me up. Yeah, yeah. but you, but loved you were it. cool. I loved it. You were my, flipping yeah. cool. Cool, lucky.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, so national sales manager. Well, straight up it's, a, it's a straight up. It's a title that I certainly didn't earn in, in that regard. Yeah. They needed somebody to help manage the those limited number of retailers that they had. Yeah. And the hopes of growing those retailers. And you know, going, getting back to Aki, I mean, he was really very special in terms of a surfer, as we all knew. But like you say, lightning in a bottle. He was he he was would he show up for an interview? Would he not? Richard ended up practically babysitting the guy every time he was in town, just to be sure he showed up to wherever it was. But I remember one time we took Aki to, to Surfside. It was probably a four foot day. Never surfed it before, and he he put on a show. I mean, like 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 he wouldn't you would expect yeah never surfed it before and this guy was above anybody that ever surfed that yeah game. so that was really a cool experience that i, that yeah. I had with Loki um taking in the surf side and going for a surf which was really neat um but uh yeah it was very challenging with peak real challenging because they were a new brand and well okay so this is my one peak story that And all due respect to everybody that was there, I'm very fortunate to have have had that job. But the owner wanted to pioneer Northern California, and you liked your colored wetsuits down in Southern California. They did not like them in Northern California. Nope. Not one bit. Nope. (laughs) And so I told him, I go, look, there's no way you're going to bring those colored suits up there. I strongly feel that that would be a bad move. Yeah. And, and typical Aussie swagger. Fuck you, mate. We're just gonna bring this out there. They're gonna love them. They're gonna love them, man. You just, you just ship them. You ship them. I'm, I'm like, I don't think this is a good call.
1: Yeah. And you live there. Yeah. O- You're o- from o- there, right? O- O'Neill uh, is there. That's their backyard, and they don't even. They barely right. have color. Yeah, right. It's only sold down here. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> bottom line was,
3: as you might imagine, it didn't go great. And the phone calls started coming in, and all that stuff. And I was during the Coldwater Classic, and I remember going up there, and, and and I just getting all these people reading the Riot Act to me, and, and the owner not really um, supporting me in in what I was trying to do, which was get him to put wetsuits in there, but the right color. Yeah, and he wanted to go the opposite direction, and it kind of got heated. So at the Coldwater Classic. I met him in the stands, and, and I gave him my notice at that point because I didn't work want to work for a position where I knew that I wouldn't be appreciated. Yeah, and and, and um, life's too short. Yeah, and and that I also knew at that time that I want to have a life in the surf industry, and I don't want to go down in flames. Yeah, you know, I I still want to have equity in my ability, reputation, in my reputation. Yeah. So I greatly appreciate the opportunity to work there and all that stuff, and it was it was fun at certain times and stressful at others. And yeah. You know. How yeah. long were you there for? Gosh, maybe a couple of years, maybe. Oh, you were there for maybe a couple years, of years. A year and a half, maybe. Okay,
1: but to get that, you know, that experience of dealing with other shops and knowing, you know, right. Like right. creating so relationships. I mean, I was on the
3: on the wholesale manufacturing side, and then I also had the retail side. Yeah. So I had I had was able to. Yeah. look at two sides of a coin
1: were you visiting like stores on the east coast were you traveling at all um, mostly okay. on, in California yeah. you know,
3: Richard had his territory in southern California my whole goal was to the whole idea was to pioneer northern California mm-hmm. and manage whatever uh, locations had already taken the product yeah so like the product would come in divide it up whatever it is said, they get this you get this yeah. so we have to sell open sales so we don't Book like this. Okay. Did you,
0: did you, were you tasked to hire reps across
3: the country or? No, it wasn't that big yet. Mm. I mean, quite simply, it was just call jobs. The, the, the title was a bigger title than what it was that I was doing, but I was kinda like a, it was kind of like a, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. You know, lots yeah. of phone calls and a lot of trying to put out fires and, and, because uh, I'm sure you're.
1: Things. Probably, you know, doing ads in the magazine and then they're like, and then co- shops are calling you guys like, how do we get some suit? Yeah, like you well, know, I mean, hockey both. was all
3: that. And he would always be showing up in a peak suit, right? So, I mean, like, the, it was on as it was. Yeah. So, the demand was, was there.
1: So rad. Yeah.
3: Isn't it crazy
0: to think back how easy it would be with one guy? Like, one guy that can just change your trajectory or... Yeah. or Penetration in the, into a market yeah because he's so fucking
1: good and so yeah. gnarly well that in America too it's like I mean he was as big as Tom Curran you know and he was yeah. like an Australian yeah. which is never really ever done yeah. like you well know, he was in the
3: movie North Shore too that's what yeah <laughs> he can't act
1: but <laughs> no. but you know it's kind of a little bit of exotic, you know. It's a suit. It's a, it's a, you know, something from Australia. Right, and, yeah. and there wasn't a lot of and brands. Pop neon colors, you know. Yes. Southern
3: California In Australia checkerboards, yeah, neon, exactly. the whole shroff boards and yeah all that stuff. That's, That's when beautiful. all that was just oh, Echo yeah. Beach. Echo Beach
0: was down. blowing okay. up. Yeah. Okay, so you do- gave your
3: notice at Cold Classic. Mm-hmm. Did you already have an exit strategy like a my exit another strategy job? Was simple that night? I wrote all the letters to all the people I would work with because again, there was no internet I couldn't just give them an internet letter Yeah, I wrote all these letters and I had them in my hand and I sent them out right away after I said the thing The reason why that way, I did it that way is because I didn't want Them to have I wanted my narrative to be told my way first smart, so it was really important that that yeah. I did that. So I was learning, I was growing up, I was becoming more personally we, responsible. Yeah,
1: you knew you may be working for another brand or another yeah. this or that and you wanted your mm-hmm. in, have integrity and have your name, you know, yeah. versus
3: And again, you know, not faulting on how they did business. That's how they wanted to do it. It just yeah. didn't
1: work with me. It's awesome. And then you already had conversations conversations with rich because you're writing for him
3: over all these years and so it's just always been was that it's been a good thing for a long long time ever since i moved down to uh, seal southern california and seal beach area and all that stuff that was my my shop because it was i was messing with building boards and i was a, a very average to poor board builder and then when I went to Rich and he was building boards there, I looked at it and went, oh my God, this is how it's done. Mm. You know, this is how it's done right. And the meticulousness and the, the detail and just everything on there reminded me of Freeline Design and Mel and, you know, that. But but on another level, it was really good, really good. And so I knew that riding my boards was holding me back as a surfer. They, they kind of sucked. And riding his boards, I could immediately see the difference in my surfing. So that's why I kind of was really drawn to it. Yeah. You
2: know,
1: but Rich is asking you about HSS and numbers yeah, and all yeah, of yeah. that. And, and, and so you guys...
3: Yeah, I mean, he knew what he was good at. Yeah. Right? And he was really good at building boards. That's all he ever wanted to do is build boards. He's, 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 a he's a craftsman. Yeah, And that's his deal. So running retail and doing all the things that you do at retail was never a joy for him. It was end means to an end, more or less. But his mom worked there. And, and, you know, at that time, it was very much kind of a crazy clubhouse where people would be drinking beer, writing on the walls, and, you know, doing all these super fun things, but much to the detriment of the value of the brand. Where Aaron, as fun as he is, he cleaned house. He made that a good retail experience yeah. for people. and And I... You know, Rich said, hey, can you do that for me, more or less, and I'll take care of the boards and all that So stuff. that was after Peak? After Peak. Okay. Yeah. So what year is this? Like, Man, you're going to ask me these questions. I'm too old. 89, to Yeah, I, I, I took it over officially in 93, but it was probably those early 90s okay. kind, of, kind of stories where it was all coming together uh, right there.
0: So you left Peak... Met with Rich and said, I'll partner up with you and run the front end of the retail business.
3: Yeah. And there was a short stint that I had at a bike shop for a while, but that mm-hmm. was it. A short stint. I almost kind of heard yeah, about this. I was this. with Jack's Bicycle Center for a couple of years just before I took over with Rich. Which location? The one in Long Beach? Yeah. It's uh, Belfast oh. Spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah. wait, you opened up a bike shop? No, I didn't open it. Oh.
3: I went there and ran it. But this is where I learned management, some management skills. That I didn't have, and they afforded me the opportunity to do that. So, irrespective of what the product was that you were selling, there was rudimentary computer systems that were around at this time. When I was at HS we were still doing all hands, Triplicate. all triplicates. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know that well. Yeah, and me so too. the bike shop was the first place that I actually they had, had the computer, and 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 I, you know, for managing inventory and all that stuff. It, it was heavy. I mean, the, their numbers were significantly bigger, and the investment was significantly more than what was typically happening at the surf shop level. Yeah, and so um, the guy, his name is Jack Salem, who uh, started the brand, and he was he was a tough old man. He was a good, but I learned a lot.
1: Yeah, you got to think of the intricacy yeah. of like all the. Components of like bikes and stuff. I mean, well, the
3: cost per unit too. Yeah, and that and you were a full-on road biker, huh? Yeah, I, I kind of. Well, in the old days, I used to ride to the to the skateboard shop before I had a car with my bike, and that was a good ten miles each way.
0: Like a nice road bike or ten no, speed, or just like a cruiser. Just like a Schwinn, freaking wow, yeah,
3: heavy old Schwinn bike, and I have my skateboard in my backpack. And And I just go ride my bike everywhere. Yeah, and because my mom didn't drive, so when my dad was out of town, I had no choice other than take the bus or ride my bike. Which every kid should go through. Well, that's that's what I did. (laughs) And and so was I felt fit when I was biking, riding my bike, which also helped my surfing a whole ton. Yeah,
0: so that. That was a big hobby of yours, though. Yeah, um, it, was,
3: it was fun. It was yeah. a super fun hobby, for sure. Was it uh, like road bike? You know, I got into mountain biking really quick. Yeah. And road biking was fun.
1: Um, mountain biking was the jam. Mountain biking yeah. was Get, just, got you that. Is,
3: it was going so much bigger. Work out, but yeah, is, yeah you're little we
1: were there. And little going places like Big Bear
3: and Mammoth, and, and there were things that were cool. There's a guy who used to work at HSNS named Jess Miller. And jess was really into riding road bikes and he mm. kind of got me into the road bike thing but the mountain bike thing really was the best yeah and that then i that became my sort of thing yeah, yeah so jay, early days remember jay bausch bausch he was just in the shop three weeks ago no way I swear to god awesome it was Talk awesome. about gnarly yeah oh yeah
0: that guy is fucking gnarly yeah
3: i used to train him did you yeah and I mean that in a very light way. He became far more successful than my ability to train him. Yeah, but in the was, early days, he was kind of like that super gung-ho dude just like in his surfing. Gung ho yeah. and, and he just needed some guidance. And so I shouldn't say train him; I helped guide him yeah. in the early days on how to properly, you know, do the sport. And he he went pretty big. He went, yeah. he went yeah. hard. Yeah, um, he went pro for for several years. Yeah, he was like a champion like mountain biker, right? Oh, all that, yeah. yeah. His, road, his mountain legs and were like yeah. freaking... Well, if you see him now... His freaking shoulders are out to here now. So he yeah. changed from bike guy to gym rat. Yeah. And uh, what a great guy, though. I mean, yeah. we had some wonderful.
1: Him times. and Kurt were awesome.
3: Yeah, yeah, we had some wonderful times.
1: So, our yeah, the, the shop. So yeah, tell us that relationship on like opening it up and like how did you, you know. He didn't create give you ownership much. at the beginning. Right.
3: Well, here's here's the beauty of it, and, and I'm
1: forever grateful for
3: this is Rich really was, his Rich is a straight shooter. He doesn't candy coat stuff. You know exactly what it's on his mind all the time, which is a lot like my dad. There was no BS. And he goes, you know, he goes, I don't like retail. I like building boards. And I need you to come back and take, take this and do something with it. And so in the early part of it, I just basically did what I thought was right with kind of the formulas that I had learned and it was an improvement Mm. and he was happy. And after a while, he came back to me and said, I'd like to sell you the front of the shop, the retail side of the shop and, and you take over the retail and I'll take care of the, to the boards and all that sort of stuff. And it was really hard for me to say no because it was handed to me in a very, very uh, wonderful way. Yeah. And it cost- but you, but you
1: earned your keep after, I, I you know, earned, you came I in earned and- earned
3: my keep. Yeah. So- after, after how many years? Probably a couple of years. But what was, what was really important to me was that we have to change a couple of things if in fact we're going to really succeed. And that means a lot of that old a grizzled crew that would come in and drink beers and write on the walls and all that stuff that stuff had to change Yeah, and it changed on my watch, and I got quite a lot of uh, not quite a lot of uh, some negative Yeah, uh, pushback from a lot of us. Robert you're wrecking it man. You're, you're ruining the clubhouse. It. Yeah you're, you're ruining yeah, it. That's what you're, it was you're ruining it and I go well not really what I'm doing is I'm making sure that this thing
1: survives Yeah Because Dave's is still open down the street all the time, but just go fucking hit up Dave's (laughs) and and then let me sell some t shirts and fucking. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So essentially, (laughs) that's kind of how how it went down. And um, my first day of actual ownership, and I'm going to get this wrong, but my first day, so I took over in in March of 1993, day one, um, somebody threw a rock through the window. No I got, way! I got called in in the middle of the night um, for that, and then, it was that people were that resentful. I can't say that that was that any of those people. Yeah, I cannot. So don't quote me on that at all. I think I don't think it was those people. I think it was just shitheads doing shitty things. Mm. They might not even been knowing of our business. To yeah, everybody just else. coincidence. Yeah. Timing. Yeah, right. So it's just insane timing. But for this podcast, it was one of those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you, spe- you can speculate what you want, but I'm not. I'm not going to over. There's no cameras. Nobody uh, got. I'm not going to over dramatize yeah. that. I mean, that the bottom line was that. And, how,
0: uh, how 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 fuck though, right? Like your first day of ownership. Yeah. And, and I somebody think, throws a rock. Yeah, but and that's
1: again super disrespectful to Rich super it, disrespectful. and to you but like you know essentially it's still like this is this, Rich's this, this, is, this is his name and right. this is his deal and yeah. he is who he is and yeah. Yeah. so, so it, bottom, bottom line was is that that day <laughs> I mean shoot you may as well paint
3: it as rainy and awful the rest of the way because I think I sold all a surfer magazine and a bar wax and I said to myself <laughs> I owe what that time was a fair sum of money to Rich and I had in my mind before I took it over, how much I kind of needed to make each day in order for me to, to yeah. make a viable go at this. And selling a bar wax in a surf magazine wasn't gonna do it. Yeah. So I had that one little moment of what have I done? Yeah. But, Can I? Yeah, please. Okay,
0: when you first came on, you. Were you implementing things and starting to
3: carry more soft goods like were you making well that slight was a little the, before additions actually and tweaks? before i actually took ownership that's what we were doing We were yeah. trying to turn it into a reasonable retail base for seal beach yeah i mean you know quite frankly it's the perfect idea of, of this legendary brand yeah to just keep it perpetuating itself in seal beach and yeah. that's what i wanted to do their
0: location was amazing Look, he's got the, a yeah. uh, i mean harbor is synonymous to surf culture. So I, I why, not have a, right. Right, why not have a
3: thriving retail business on top of it? Well, that's exactly what I wanted to create. Yeah, yeah. And I had this golden opportunity that was presented to me. And, and by golly, I was going to give it my best shot. You know, And that's, that's what we did. And yeah, at that time, I don't know if you're going to ask me this question or not, but I'm going to throw it out at you. It was important to have the key brands. Yeah, so you guys might course. remember all the brands were protected. Yeah. That is to say, Quick didn't open to everybody. O'Neill didn't open it. Nobody opened to everybody. Yeah. But, there was such a thing as distribution. Right. But yeah. but they were protected, right? So, yeah. I mean, if you could be a new guy opening a shot. You could cry all you want to Bob McKnight, and he's not going to open
1: you. No. It was tough. Yeah. yeah.
3: It was tough. Right. Yeah. But.
1: it's It's uh, a 40-mile
3: radius. Yeah. But Rich, Rich knew Bob McDyke from the early days when he pulled up and I believe in a Dodge Dart and said, Look at these pair of shorts, what do you think? So I mean there was a lot of cool juju that was there already, baked in. Yeah. And so we were able to secure the brands that we uh, needed. Yeah. And so fortunately, um, the tide was turning. It was it was working uh, on the retail side very well. And you know, back then it was all about what brands you had, like I just mentioned. But today It's all about how you're... It's a whole different story today than how it is back then. So the big change for me that I am, I believe, most proud of is how we restructured the business over time to reflect more private label and less emphasis or need on these other brands. And it kind of worked out so well because... These brands today have a different feeling on what it means to have retailers, and and uh, you know they're our greatest competitors now. Yeah. So it was a good thing to really use the history and the um, the whole Harbor Surfboards mantra, the whole way to build the the brand.
1: Yeah. You know? But that's how like original surf shops wore. it was about the the shaper that's what the surf yeah, shop is. was and it was about that brand yeah. and, and then, then the then,
0: t-shirt and the hoodie and
1: and, and then and hat. and then all the yeah. emerging yeah. you know surf brands that we know today modern modern surf you know yeah. world kind of took over right. you know and kind of the that feel of that like local shop culture the brand that right. initially what they stood for and what was all about kind of kind of got Kind of pushed to the side because all you know surfing's blowing up. This is the 80s and 90s, and it's like, yeah. and now it's kind of coming long. back full yeah. circle to where it's like, yeah, like you know, this is this our identity. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Now going, you know, I don't want to make this me about me, Lar, but <laughs> Go you ahead. know, the uh, my first job in the industry, and I, I always it sucks because I forget. I don't try to, but I forget. I worked at Bullet, right? Mm-hmm. Sakele Surfboards, yeah. And the first one we opened up was in Offa of Warner and was it Bolsa? Bolsa and Heil, sorry, mm-hmm. Bolsa and Heil. Yeah. And it was probably like the size of docks, right? S- space. He had a shaping room in the back. Yeah. But I would fall asleep. You know, because yeah. no one would come in. Yeah, and we would have zero dollar days mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and luckily, like Ed was a hustler. He mm-hmm. glass boards for different people. He was like doing all kinds of stuff to keep the so business that, going. Yeah. And you know, it took a while for us to gain some momentum and yeah. business, and it started doing okay. You know, like zero dollar days to five hundred dollar days yeah. to a thousand dollar days you're like whoa you know right. it became a little bit of a, mm-hmm. a shopping place right right and and again we couldn't get brands we couldn't get Quicksilver right. we couldn't we backdoor everything from Rocky Sabo from, yeah. you know Rocky Sabo <laughs> yeah. we get everything from them or Ed would get it from ET like yeah. we just pirate shit right, right. And, um, and then we moved it down to Sunset Right, mm-hmm. And then it was like on the beach, PCH, right. not beach, but PCH. Mm-hmm. And it was like night and day. Game busters. Like, yeah. I mean, people would pull in and fucking buy shit all day long. I was yeah. like, wow, this is like a real
1: business, Location, right? location, location. And then <laughs> I went from there
0: to ZJ Boarding House. Mm-hmm. And that was like going into, like, that was junior high high school mm-hmm. then that was fucking college yeah like zj boarding house yeah i remember working going holy shit that guy's selling a board holy shit that guy's buying a wetsuit and a board yeah and a board bag yeah and, you know like three thousand five thousand dollar days yeah. and i was just like holy fuck like yeah. wow this is a this is a business and then I started working at HSS like one day a week. Right. Like Yogi goes, dude, yeah. I'm living in Huntington. Yeah. You're driving to, um, I was working for Earthpack, or okay. back then it's called Leisure Time. I was working for him during the week, and I would work one day, uh, Saturday, Sundays, at whatchamacall, ZGA Boarding House. Yeah. And Yogi goes, dude, you live in Huntington, why are you driving all the way to Santa Monica? Just yeah. work here. Yeah. So I worked there one day a week, and then it became my career, yeah. right? But going back to the university, so Bullet was fucking junior high, Mm -hmm. ZJ Boarding House was like junior college or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then HSS was the university, you know, like where you just like went, whoa, I'm learning so, you know, the things I learned here in the first two schools, like it helped me here, but this is... Something else, Like, yeah. you know, you learned everything. I've learned everything from, from HSS.
1: Yeah. HSS was going berserk, you know, like as far as like really successful shop off, off main street, which, yeah. you know, everything was about main street, main street. And then when that where they're building the the new building and HSS was going there and it was like, what? HSS is going the main yeah. street, you know, it's 1506 in a close. Like, mm-hmm. no, they're going to keep both. They're going to keep like, you know, yeah. Yeah. it was just like crazy, crazy time. Yeah.
0: But, anyways, going back to you, you know, you probably saw that too, like where you saw what you did with in business at HSS, and what Harbor was doing, and you were going to implement what you learned from. HSS. Yeah, I mean, like
3: it was it was like I say, it was HSS, it was Peak, it was the bike shop, it was all these things, and each one of those things I was passionate about, and so that's what was the driver. And I was very, um, I was very, very, uh, what would you say, impressed with Rich, his family, the whole story, the whole Harbor experience. And I knew that I could do something. I was confident enough to say, I can do something with this. And so that was um, just a really good time uh, of growth and uh, self-confidence and that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah. so So,
0: did you have to take a loan out to
3: well okay so I didn't have any collateral I didn't have anything right so rich he carried the paper wow so where does that happen it doesn't it just doesn't so he came up with a figure you pay me this much a month or more and then that's how it goes and dude that's what we did and just a, a quick side note to that is my wife, Chris, who at that time we were just dating, we did another store called Alternative Surf. And that one, when we sold it, I did the same thing. Yeah, I carried the paper for the guy yeah. who did Which that. Which was right across the street. Which was right across the street.
1: So what... It was a boogie board shop. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't directly competing. It had different, no. it was completely different, different brands, different market, different... Market, different
3: yeah, and you know what inspired me to do that was the, how shitty boogie birds were treated, <laughs> and largely at HSNS.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: because Greg and Jeff, they, they I mean, they, uh, they, they were the, they, the they worst were, hecklers ever. Well, the point was, is, and, and again, yeah. this, you know, I'm not trying to bag on those guys, but that was the industry as a whole. Yeah. It's like these sponge guys. You know, yeah, but there were tons of them, right?
1: Well, especially in Seal Beach right. on Southside, and, south side and, and, and yeah. you knowing business, yeah. and, and like uh, the, that's a, there's a viable yeah. business there.
3: Not only that, there were two magazines, a full pro tour, and it was big in Australia here and awesome in Hawaii, yeah, right? Mike Stewart, Hawaii Pipeline, I mean, you know, so, close so down. So, you, you and your wife Hawaii,
0: opened alternative, yeah, okay.
3: And so, simply put, we gave those guys a home. Yeah. So was that after you you started? I think she. I think we started that, and I took it in. talking Oh, big meeting going <laughs> on. Are we doing yeah, Jorge. Hey. <laughs> I just walked right into a podcast. Hi.
1: Yes. What's up, Georgie?
3: <laughs> 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 we try to get a board, bro. No, I'm gonna drop some money off, but we'll take it. <laughs> okay, no problem. It's uh.
0: It's actually Doc's birthday today too. Is it really? Yeah, so you should out. text out.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't see my in here. <laughs> 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 I'm
3: take a peek. Sorry, I'm just gonna interrupt for half a second. the
2: Yeah. Oh no, I'm not going back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All
0: right.
2: See you
3: tomorrow, Joe. <laughs> I'm sorry
0: to interrupt But hey, Hey, it's part of the charm.
3: Late night talkies. Here we go, yeah. baby. Yeah. Robert, Harbor Surfboards. Hey, Robert. Yeah, George Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> still yeah. Kind of indirectly because I'm tiny of high. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, super cool. And I worked for Robert for forever. There you go. And he worked at HSS too. Yeah. It's a spawning brand. You yeah. know, he worked at HSS. Yeah. At the order store, I think? No. No, 1506? 1506. 1506. 1506. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: With With Geo in jail. Really? Yeah. Wow. That whole crew. Yeah, Yogi yeah,
3: yeah. and everybody. Shit. Yeah. Well, they all went downhill for me and Lyndon were gone because we were the only ones that, we that drove the product. Right? Like, <laughs> there you go. We were the
0: driving
1: force, man. Jesus. We were the influencers, bro. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Sunday mornings with Lyndon. So, all right, guys. <laughs> okay.
0: Really okay. So, back to alternative. Yeah. You and your lady started it. Yeah. And Rich didn't care because it was no, it was a totally... completely different
3: deal. Yeah, and um, so it was, it was really nice because essentially we finally gave these guys a home, and um, you know that's it was crazy. All, all the companies they wanted to work with us, all these sorts of things, because nobody gave a hundred percent to what that was. It was always in
1: the back of a sort shop corner, back, like it wasn't highlighted like as it's yeah. you know.
3: So my future wife, Chris, she basically ran that once it was up and going. Then she and I developed another one in Dana Point. And so she took care of the two. Another alternative in Dana Point? Another alternative there. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. And then we, uh, I took over Harbor. Now, my wife, Chris, is way more gnarlier than I am in terms of wanting to have fun. Yeah. She's crazy. So she would do all these wild promotions and stuff down there. I just turned my eyes and thought, "Man, we're going to get sued. This is it. We're done." <laughs> but she, she was rad, and she still is. So she would do that. Um, simply put, uh, it worked out really well for quite some time. And then uh, we got married. We had our first child, uh, Maria, and uh, Maria was a Tahiti lover. Yeah, I did propose to my wife and Maria, by the way. Nice. But my daughter, when she was born, she has something called Williams Syndrome so she has some special needs so we sold the alternative service because I wanted her to be home with Maria full yeah. time and so you know again the, the good uh, blessings that Rich gave me I was able to pass on to the next person who came along awesome. uh, for alternative service so you know it, it was a, a nice business experience as I was going through all these different phases of, of business life yeah. to, to build something and sell something you know kind of the, move on
0: it's part of the american dream it is i mean yeah. it,
3: it was my dream for sure you know i finally find something that i was i guess good at or competent at yeah it but
1: just like, take a note of like you know you're surfing seal beach you see these guys you know working at whether it's Serviceport sport yeah. or, or harbor that they're not really getting you know there's not a destination for them to go get their products you right. know and right. i mean that's it's radical, like yeah. you know. It's, it's a smart move, it's a really sure.
3: smart. Well, it was it was it was a challenge because basically my wife Chris said, "Look, stop talking about it. Do it or don't do it." Yeah. And so she knows how to push my buttons. What way. year did you
1: open alternative alternatives?
3: Or? I want to say ninety four. Okay. So just a year. So like a goes. year after you took over. Yeah. So see, look, at, she look, was, look at the she balls was, on this guy. Yeah. So she she was taking care of all all of that.
1: Stuff. I was. Uh, this is before probably early 90s i was tagging product and chris science all the hss product as my like after school mm-hmm. early evening gig mm-hmm. in his garage at seabridge in the garage mm-hmm. maybe next door or two over mm-hmm. was um uh mike stewart no way yeah so he lived in seabridge like two two doors down mm-hmm. or i don't know the, the units but the garages and I'm like, you know, garage is open, I'm tagging stuff, and then I'm like, fuck, that looks like, and Chris said, yeah, Mike Store, whatever, and I opens his garage, and there's probably like fucking 200, quiver. Like, there's like 200 <laughs> boards, like just <laughs> stacked, like the whole thing is just stacked of yeah. fins and boards and stuff, it was like a freaking boogie board shop. There yeah. was a time that, that it was a viable,
3: you know, deal, you know, actually, I think it's still viable in that, that business is still mm-hmm. around today, it's been sold four times. Wow. And so that business is still exists today. Now, they're probably doing a lot online or they're doing, I don't know how they're doing it, but yeah. it's still yeah. there. So that kind of makes me feel good. Yeah. What's the trip, though? Is like, I don't see a lot of spooky boarders. Well, that's a problem. There's no more Pro Tour. There's no more magazines. There's none of that yeah. stuff. But how does it exist? I don't know, but I'm glad that it does.
1: I, I go to Hawaii a lot and it's still big. Oh, yeah. It's, it's I, same hardly, all this. I hardly see any boogie boarders. Yeah. Not here. Yeah. But in Hawaii. Like there's maybe one or maybe two yeah, yeah. in a week that you'll see. And same thing with knee boarders. Like, I mean, there were. Was... I, I see way more knee boarders
0: now than I did in the past. Yeah. Yeah. That's like they, they have that peak in front of the well because well, it's, cool, it's cool, cool again. Like the all board there's
3: demographic there. now is really a big deal. Right? Yeah. So I mean, for us to be complete surfers, we don't just choose one type of craft. We can ride all kinds of things. Yeah. Like, Fish is Mid ranges, long boards, normal short boards, all these things. If you're really good, if you're like Rob Machado. You can pick anything up and yeah. Can yeah. make it look good. Him and
1: Kalani. I'm like, what are they that, riding now? Yeah. Holy smokes, are doing what?
3: Like, my, Michael February, the yeah. other guys. Two of my favorite surfers to watch because yeah. I believe they surf the wave as it was designed. They, they're in concert with the wave. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole different way of surfing. And
0: Isn't I just it true how surfers like there used to be one type of surfer mm-hmm. or like. Mm-hmm. maybe two or three but now there's like
1: yeah there's longboard or shortboard kneeboard that yeah. was, now there's like <laughs> you know you have I mean,
3: your the best surfers the one that can do them all and do it eloquently
1: yeah on all of it yeah and that's the
3: coolest thing because they're never without the ability to go out in any condition yeah you know small junk surf. sure I'll, I'll own it let's go
1: yeah unless you live in somewhere where it's just pumping and perfect all the time yeah You know, where you're kind of like, I don't really need to switch equipment or or vibe to stay motivated or or to like kind of cater to the the wave. Like around here, like, man, you need a lot of different equipment to kind of stay motivated and have fun. That's it. You know.
3: Remember in the early shortboard days, if the waves weren't good, you couldn't surf. Right? I mean, like, those super chippy things yeah. that Kelly was riding. Yeah. yeah those are the most awful boards for average groveling. It was the- I was so
1: lucky I was a grom at that era because, yeah. it, that, you know, you could get away with that. Yeah. Like, now, you know, if that oh, was the that trend, fun. Oh, I wouldn't God. surf. <laughs>
3: yeah, it, it, it just you couldn't even <laughs> hop on it.
1: I mean, yeah, we were, so. we were running the H, H Huntington boardroom at HSS, and it was, like... 50 of the same model yeah. like you know yeah. like there was no variation you would, order,
0: <laughs> you would order the same dimensions from every company yeah. yeah you know six one
1: eighteen and a quarter two and a quarter yeah six, you know. 18
3: and a quarter two and a quarter <laughs> two. two and three eighths, eights two and 8 and there was, i just and remember holding those boards like this going
1: and if there was a board like eight and three quarters it was like a pig like yeah oh, what like yeah. that thing's eight and three quarters like when you put like that thing you that thing wouldn't work and now that's like the normal like yeah. <laughs> with. it's
3: it's it's great that people's minds are open to all dimensions yeah. and all these sorts of things. Yeah, just makes surfing more fun.
1: Well, then I mean, for board builders um, and just for infusion of like money and in in, in real, you know, customers coming back. Like we'd only have like a couple boards in our quiver. it'd Be like that short board and a yeah. step up, you know, right. which is kind of that. Yeah. You know, I'm changing it from a squash to a pintail, and it's you know, four inches bigger. Yeah. And that was it. Now it's like, you know, the quiver is like, I got a fish, I got a couple fishes. Got a I got soft a soft top. I got a soft top. Yeah. I got, you know, a, a short wide. I got a couple short boards. And yeah. you know, there's all yeah. these different variations, which in, in return, I mean, most shapers have had to adapt, but it gets those yeah. get some business. Absolutely. You know?
3: And all I can all I tell customers is it's golf clubs in a bag. Yeah. That's all it is. Right? You, you gotta play a certain board in a certain way.
0: So, what did you, besides um, road bikes, yeah. you got into stand up paddle or was it a... Yeah, well, it
3: was really crazy. I was into um, uh, OC1 single person outrigger canoe first. And that was really, really fun. I couldn't commit to a six man um, because it's a team and I couldn't be there all the time with mm. my the business. But I was always enamored with uh, paddling. And so I really loved the OC1 single person outrigger canoes. And I consistently did that then Laird and Dave Kalama and all those guys they were riding Nakaha standing up with long paddles on big boards which were basically the tandem boards of the day at that time Right. and so I went over there and I saw um, Dave riding these things I thought this is really cool it's kind of a bridge between my canoe and surfing surfing and so it became really cool uh, for me to do that in addition kind of thing so That was really fun. I I really liked the distance racing thing more than I liked the surfing thing. Because I felt, surfing on a surfboard, I'm always going to be better than that. And that's my thing. And I think it is better for me. So I never really got involved on the surf side of Santa Paddle. But I liked the distance and the racing thing because of the fitness. And that was a lot like bike racing. And so it was on the water. And it just all all kind of blended. And worked out with my second daughter because she became very good at that.
1: That's cool. I mean yeah. that's again, like it's it's probably the best non workout. I mean it's a workout but yeah. yet your your mind, you know, it's yeah. not that yeah. regimen like gym kind of, you know. No, it's, it's
0: kinda like surfing but working out. And I you're like outdoor out the water.
1: Yeah, you're outdoors and you're you know, you're kind yeah. of like well, you're doing it for fitness and yeah. and and it's fun. And but, you're in the fountain of youth. Yeah, <laughs> essentially.
3: I mean you look at prone paddling like with the Bark, Joe Bark and all these guys. People look at lifeguards and prone paddlers and stuff. This guy's are amazing yeah yeah and essentially it's like that but i think the connotation of paddling is so recreational that a lot of core surfers don't see it as a value but they can see the value in prone paddling Mm. like lifeguards do because it's all it's a little bit more legit but i can tell you that if you got into race board paddling it would be every bit as legit as prone paddling like doing a maui to molokai or anything like that i mean these are really good physical feats yeah but, yeah, yeah. What, what boards are you riding now what style board uh for surfing um <laughs> i've got this stamps made me this beat up EPS. it's beat up now it was it probably 10 or 15 probably 15 year old 9 quad that is just the goofiest thing and i don't actually love it but it works on all kinds of conditions so i've kind of goof off with that a lot of the time if i just have ah, i'm going to go for a surf I also have a f- two fishes that I like. And those are
1: the boards that bring smiles to my face. Uh, Easy to ride, go fast, works it, and everything.
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, certainly what, has to be fun. What I size are the fishes? Uh, five, six, and a six zero. Damn! Yeah. and Super th- thick? Well, this, the 5'6 the isn't that thick. It, but you know the problem I have is if I don't go on it enough i'm behind the eight ball yeah and it's primarily on takeoff that i'm behind the eight ball once i'm on my feet i love it it's, yeah. just, it's great and really zippy and try to channel my inner rob machado but two know, plus one setup or it's a true fish with keels mm. and i like that straight rail line out the back because i like generating speed i like uh, floaters i just love the way fishes feel so skaty. um I'm not like a tri-fin vertical surfer like I thought I once was before. Um, so that whole generation kind of, you know, that aerial blowtail generation passed me by. It was all my love was how current surfed, how hockey surfed, how, you know, Fanning surfed, how the, the power and flow thing was just, yeah. to me, still the most aesthetically pleasing way yeah, yeah. to surf.
0: I, my favorite board is it stamps uh spark plug. Yeah. and it's a you know two plus one setup and' yeah. it's the most versatile surfboard. Well, it's all about fun right oh. yeah, yeah. I mean
3: like it, you're gonna go through your life and different boards will become fun yeah and you don't have to be washed up just holding on to your board and say, Shit, man I'm gonna pitch it in people did that years ago they, they they stopped surfing because it wasn't cool for them to go out with a 510 of the volume that they were used to when they're 20 when they're 40 yeah. you know and now that I'm 60 I don't care what people say yeah. about what I ride yeah. if I go out there and I have fun on it that's all that matters to yeah. me, you know and 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 it's all about a good time you know yeah. so
1: it's all about yeah you know going going fast and getting that yeah, cleansing of the ocean you know and it
3: won't crawl over anybody to catch a wave anymore if it's that flipping crowded that I have to engage with people in that way i won't go yeah i just won't go lennon doesn't
1: like crowds i i, 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 I don't i don't you like do him i just he ignores well them. you're still
3: yeah. probably good enough fit enough um, relevant enough in a oh You're talking about I'm jay or somebody else <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows who i am in the water anymore. because in, in, in a got, compacted lineup yeah. to still feel like he can hold your own yeah I have, I've given that up. I mean, that's just (laughs) just straight on out. Hey man, you want it? You got it. Yeah. You know, so we got to wrap this up, but, um,
0: I finally got you. We, we finally got you on the show. Yeah. Um, and the reason why, when I was telling you, it's like, dude, it's the holidays. We want to have another retailer, you know, a shop, a surf shop and talk about, you know, you're a surfer. Yeah. and you own a surf shop and, and it's not just you that you provide for. How many employees do you have?
3: Well, we've got probably between 8 and 10 and, and uh, that works out really, really well. I've got probably just a wonderful crew of people, I can just tell you that. And they all buy into the philosophy that we have. You know, our, our surf shop is, I feel, different. I feel it's authentic. I feel it's almost a fraternal organization. There have been people that have coming through this shop from the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, all the way to now. They bring their families in. They tell stories of how when they were there. You know, so it's this fraternal organization that can't be replicated. It, It it just has to be experienced. And some people they come in there to buy something, others come in to reflect on how times were yeah. um, others come back and see shaping being done for the first time in their lives people bring their kids in there to say listen to that what's that that's a planer oh what's a planer come like have a look foam all over the place we probably have one of the dustiest shops around because we keep yeah. opening the door back and forth yeah. to that area well we but, talk
1: about yeah like authenticity yeah. like i mean you're fortunate enough to be on main street and in a a building that's been there forever and Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of shops that have that but they're you you know going back to the staff and the history and keeping that relevant like you could essentially relocate and and you know still have that kind of Mm -hmm. service and that mix but it's it's hard it's all that encompassing of where you're at and the shop in the back like you could replicate it but like and it will still be awesome, and still be yeah. valued, and, and you know, have a good business. But that what's what you have there is so special. It, what's it is. really
0: cool though is like you know, Rich Harbor opened that place in 1959. He started
3: the brand the, that building 1962.
0: And what's cool is, yes, he created the brand name, the surfboard, the company Harbor, and you know, you were fortunate enough to. to to be there mm-hmm. and he was fortunate enough of you being there it was to a perpetuate, great yeah it was to perpetuate a great... and make it a legacy it, are, it already is it yeah. was but because of your guys's you know yeah. chance meeting he found the perfect
3: partner to keep it going well, I, and, I couldn't agree more I, I truly I never forget about that every single day yeah. and it's it's kind of like if you had a house that you grew up in and your parents never moved and you come back years and years later and it's still warm and still smells yeah. the same and it's still yeah. all those sorts of things i think people have that experience when they come into the for the sure Man, i used to live in seal in the 70s and you guys are still here that's so awesome yeah. i, I want my son to come see it and you just hear that over and over again or you know what we had to leave california for whatever reasons and we moved away and they come still. back and they go oh my god seal beach and Surf Warns, Wow, i got to get a shirt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hear that every day. That's awesome. And, you know, some stories are, are sadder than others. Most of them are very happy. Yeah. But they're just so stoked to be back. Well, I uh, think, you know,
0: also I wanted to point out is like, you know, you've had it since 1993. Mm-hmm. Right. And you employ eight to ten people now. Mm -hmm. but how many have you employed since 1993
3: well that's a crazy thing i'd love to have that stat for you but what's really cool is when they come back with their families that is the raddest thing you know and and all these little kids and but what i'm saying
0: is like that is amazing because you have provided livelihoods Mm -hmm. for how many years is that 30 30 years
3: years? 30 31 yeah. yeah of
0: of employing kids and you know you've probably mentored a lot of them and you've probably guided you know i'm hoping to yeah (laughs) Yeah. which which is why we wanted to have you on to talk about like what these independent owner operated Mm -hmm. american businesses that you know yeah why we should support it well we appreciate that
1: that's Yeah, people have choices, a lot of choices now from when we were growing up, you know, as far as distribution. Like, instead
0: of going direct to consumer, instead of going to Amazon, instead of going wherever, support your local surf shop.
3: I I, I couldn't agree more. I just think that you will get an experience that's different. Yeah. That would be a positive one. That um, there's an ambiance around it. There there are things that can be learned. It's a place to be a part of. You know, it becomes a part of you. And and you know, some people it was a clubhouse when they were young. Some people it becomes a place of business when they're just a little bit older. But you learn through those. And we always get employees, as most surf shops do, male or female, at their most vulnerable times. They're teenagers trying to define who they are. They don't know who they are yet. And so it's it's a responsibility that I have to be sure that if I have an opportunity to guide them in a positive way, that I do whether they stay in the industry or not. Yeah. And and I think any surf shop that's been around for that long a time probably has that same feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all three of us are a product of of HSS. (laughs) I mean, I (laughs) talked
1: Of the surf industry. Yeah. Yeah. So many times, you know, people, other parents and stuff, because, you know, our kids are all playing sports in school and they're all fascinated on like, you know what oh, I do yeah. and how do I get into the industry yeah. and I'm like I don't know I was born into it like I, I don't know anything different because yeah. I grew up in you know
3: well you followed your passion and I think that's one thing all three of us could say yeah, yeah. is that we had opportunities to do other things for business but they just didn't sound that good yeah, yeah. and fortunately <laughs> we were able to weasel our way into yeah. something that we liked yeah yeah and but we
0: Put our heart and soul in it. Well, and you will
3: if you're passionate about it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And
0: let's let's end it with that. Passion. (laughs) Wait, we gotta do some plugs. I know. Um shoots beer. Oh. Shade sunscreen. Strider waslewski. There you go. Um, Ashland Ashland Heart Seltzer. Nice.
1: Left Uh, Coast novelties for hats. Oh, we forgot to talk about Finless, bro.
3: Oh, Dan.
1: West, check that bad boy out.
0: It's a new brand that Jay and I are both representing and uh, they sponsor the
3: podcast.
0: Yep. And uh, you, Dan. you were one of his first customers, right? I was.
3: I was very fortunate to meet Dan and I had a, a guy who was building my skateboards um, with our special colorways and, and dimensions and so forth. And he actually had to move away. And so I couldn't find anybody that would do this board. And Dan was showing us the boards that he built and I go you know what it's a tough market man sector nine all these other things how are you going to set yourself apart I go here's what I need I don't know if you can do it but I need a private label skateboard mm-hmm. and if you could do that I won't buy 10 I'll buy more than 10 and this thing could perpetuate itself if we're lucky Yeah. No. so I think he found a couple good avenues to uh, break into this market hard goods is always tough mm-hmm. but you know he's a real doer so yeah i mean he'll get and he makes done.
0: beautiful handcrafted he does yeah it's it's like surfboards but with a skateboard work of art
3: he does yeah. and they ride well and he tests them out and, yeah and um, he's not satisfied until you're satisfied so that's what i like
1: yeah yeah and it's kind of it's staying you know it's, it's not competing with some of those other big branded like yeah. skate you know boards that are more mainstream or or you know mm-hmm. using you know color or name recognition you know like it's it's supporting the the shops like hey we want to build something that's like what you guys want it's limited it's exclusive and it, and, it, and it's exactly like what you guys have pulled out of the archives yeah. and okay. replicated
0: thank you to earth pack yeah um they also made yeah, your merchandise bags yeah they do yeah,
3: yeah but, but since the beginning earth is the beginning yeah. Since yeah. The, the beginning dave block he's the yeah. best is the man Loose towels. towels
1: and, and ponchos. Uh, Gosh, I should have brought a harbor bag. And I know. We have, have skateboard, one. bro. Please. If you
0: look back at yeah. our our last films yeah. or yeah. last, yeah, we okay. we, have a, we have harbor in there. Yeah. All right, all right. So, uh-huh. we, we've been yeah. representing, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: you said loose towels. Loose towels, yeah. Uh, Caballero pools and spas. If yeah. anybody's looking to add hardscape, you know, barbecue and fire pit and pool, sounds and, good to me. Yeah, and
0: we are sponsored by a shop out on the east coast called neon wave um it's a snowboard boutique mm-hmm, skate yeah. shop certainly sells, sells surfboards too but um right now when you buy fifty dollars and over on there on this is neonwave.com, they get a late night with chalky hat yeah. Go. I think Harbor should start carrying late night with chalky yeah. I Start <laughs> rocking that myself. <laughs>
1: yeah, we, we got these sweet Murph bikes. Dude, look at, yeah. at Lars' freaking rig over there. Yeah. How is um, that thing? Sick. But yeah, thank you um, to our sponsors. Thank you for our, for our listeners, and um, let's have a great Christmas season.
0: Bert, let's do it. Thank you for employing young um, community. Citizens, keep doing (laughs) what you're doing. Um, I'm gonna do my best. Harbor surfboards,
1: Main Street Seal Beach. Yep. Bonsai Um, Bowl. Where's your cards? I gave it to him. I've got got my cards. Bonsai Um, Bowl.
3: Do you know it's our 65th anniversary next year? Wait, what? 65th anniversary next year for Harbor for Harbor? Oh, dude.
1: Yeah. We'll rage. Yeah. There you go. We'll we'll throw we'll throw the uh, Long Beach uh, Party House (laughs) back together. (laughs) There you go. We even have a movie coming out. So
0: 2024 yeah. is the 65th year. And there's a movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: Yeah. So we'll
1: have you back on. Who's in. making
3: the movie? Um, multitude of people. Um, I think Sardellis yeah, is yeah, doing Yeah, Chris stuff. is the primary driver. Sweet. Yeah. So it's, if it, wasn't it's for Chris, if it wasn't for Chris, the movie wouldn't exist. Put it that way. Awesome. He's amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I was lucky enough to go to the... Uh, tribute uh to harbor oh thank you on the beach on our side that was really fucking awesome yeah thank you
3: it's 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 a big loss i mean it's nothing but fond memories of everything that rich did and what he said and all those sorts of things and you know it's what's nice is melissa his daughter still handles a lot of the back end stuff all of it really the acquisition of the blanks, all those sorts of things. So she's intrinsically involved wow. on the manufacturing side. So it's really neat to have their family still a part of that. Sweet. Part of the story.
1: It's awesome. Yeah. Well, keep us informed yeah. on, on the, the happenings with the 65th, and, yeah, and guaranteed. We'll, we'll promote it and we'll be involved in any way we can. Yeah, for oh. sure. You'll have fun. Awesome. Thank you. Dude. That was Thanks, awesome. You. Yeah. Yep. Robert Howson, Harbor Surfboards. Peace. Everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bonsai Bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California, Bonsai Bowls. Go get some. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade sunscreen, it's been around
0: since the sun. Shade sunscreen. <laughs> Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker.
1: They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com.
0: Foo is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful riding, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at
1: InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good
0: friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.